Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Buy something nice for your mother, okay? Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, I made you guys watch Ghost of, of Girlfriend's, Girlfriend's Past. So was this the first time either of you had seen this movie before? Yes. It was my first time. It was my first time as well. Although, I have seen the cake scene somewhere. Maybe it was on TV. Maybe it was in a clip show. I have no idea. But I was like, I know what happens in this scene. The rest mm. of this movie, no memory of it. So, Well, it seems like it would have been a very unpredictable scene if you had not seen it before. <laughs> I know, yes. right? I was like, I, I even told Natalie, I was like, he's going to shoot the cork and knock off uh, a peg of this. And he's going to have to hold it up and try and reach it with his leg. And then when it happened, she was like, how did you know that? I was like, I'm psychic. <laughs> I have to have seen it before. There's no other way I would have known that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get I mean, I spent a bunch of that scene and the scenes afterwards being like, give me a Ziploc freezer bag and a butter knife and I'll fix that. Cake. <laughs> but, you know, that's just me. I do love that at the end of this movie, they eat that cake. They should. It's a perfectly good cake. But I mean, my bigger thing was like, why do you have your wedding cake the night before? What's wrong with you? I know. Like, right. Why is it even there? Like, it why should be at the there? baker. Like, the baker should be delivering it the day of the wedding. Yes. Yeah. There's a blizzard. Doesn't matter. That's shipping's problem, Mikey. That's not something that we have to deal with. No. The baker has to deal with the weather. Okay, it's a local baker. We're going to say that there was a weather forecast of bunches of snow, and they were like, hey, it's supposed to snow a lot. And you guys are all staying there. Is the weather, is, is the wedding going to happen? No, if there's a blizzard or not, and they would be like, yeah, it's going to happen. We're all staying at the same house. We can make it happen. And they're like, well, I should deliver the cake a day early before the snow yeah. so you don't have to stress about that. But then, even then, it would have been in the freezer. Because you can't let cake sit out that long. That's true. I mean, you can, but it's going to be gross. <laughs> In my mind, when Mikey was telling us that story about the baker calling them and like telling, asking if they, hey, can I bring the cake over or whatever? In my mind, it was very much like, hey, I have to bring the cake over because there's like cloudy with a chance of meatballs or whatever, and this is sweet <laughs> and that's savory, and if it gets if it gets cloudy with a chance of meatballs on it, it's gonna be it's gonna ruin the cake. I'm gonna put the cake in a bag and I'm gonna bring it over and we're gonna <laughs> set it up there and then we're gonna move on. Customer service. It's customer <laughs> service. Also, Mikey, you have never planned a wedding, and so you might not know this. Paige, I don't think that you know that for sure. I think we should ask Mikey. Mikey. Have you ever planned a wedding? Michael, have you ever planned a wedding? Yes, it's in my dream box. Yes! Oh, oh damn it. Okay. Oh, no, Mikey, not, I was so real. excited for one second. <laughs> I thought I was setting you up because you did officiate a wedding recently, and I remembered because I'm a good friend. You know, I did officiate the wedding. 
Yeah, but that has nothing to do with what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> what I'm, what I need to tell you is that tiered cakes like this. Why are they crying? Oh, I mean, I don't know because it's sad and it tastes gross and fondant is a bad choice. I hate wedding cake. Ugh. <laughs> wedding brownies all day, lady. My wedding cake was amazing, but that's because I picked five different flavors. Anyway, oh, so you say wedding cakes. Have you guys ever had wedding cake flavored snow cones? No, that sounds what terrible, Mikey. They're so good. That sounds so disgusting. It's I... my favorite flavor of snow cone. And I just That's wanted to gross. take it out there and bring it out into the world. I have to tell you what someone DM'd me literally like three days ago, and I wish I could remember who it was, but they said, hey, your show is pretty much just you and Mikey interrupting Paige while she tries to explain something, and I'm here for it. <laughs> well, she explains the whole movie. If we didn't interrupt her, we would just go through all the scenes with her narrating. And well, be no, like, she was trying to explain wedding planning, and then we derailed the shit out I of it. If I don't make a point, I'll forget it. Now, Paige, please continue. Wedding cakes are delivered, <laughs> disassembled. They're not tiered when they deliver them. So there's not like, oh, we can't get, well, and I guess some, if there's like a character a shape cake that's partially assembled but like they show up to your wedding with multiple boxes of cake yeah. and then they assemble it yeah, at the sense. venue yeah. the day of while it's still chilled so that by the time the wedding happens it's defrosted enough to eat okay which means you could have put it on the back of a snow cat for all i care it would have gotten there fine <laughs> you could have pretended like you were stealing it from the overlook hotel it would have been fine it would have been fine <laughs> they just opened a window in the kitchen and then the winter air got in and it freezed the cake. It's fine. What? They weren't going to deliver it the day of in a blizzard. They they absolutely could have. But also, even if they had delivered it the night before, it would still be in the freezer. It wouldn't be out. Right. Right. I don't know why somebody took it out. That was their mistake. Well, they couldn't have because the baker is the one who has to assemble it. But the if it was tied into the catering, we could already... This, this movie shows that the catering is not up to par because of the minor, the missing figs. So there could be a series of mistakes going on behind but the scenes Mikey, of this wedding. Somebody get Daniel Craig from Knives <laughs> Out. We are on the case. I love how hard we're going at this. This is insane. If the caterers are there, that means they could have made it in a blizzard. So we know that they did. So you're saying it was a setup from the start and Matthew McConaughey did nothing wrong mm -hmm. at the beginning of this movie. It's almost like that cake was left <laughs> out for him to ruin like it was predetermined. Exactly, Mikey. In, in a script by someone who has never planned a wedding, I would guess. Oh, you mean Charles Dickens, Paige? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Charles Dickens never planned a wedding. Like, I don't know 100%, but I feel like I could make that assertion, and I'm probably right. I'm going to go on a limb and say I bet he never planned one, but I know he officiated one because Charles Dickens has some real Mikey energy. If you catch my vitamin water drip, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> He also spent an entire chapter of Oliver Twist writing about one teacup because he was paid by the word. Yeah. So, like, we don't need to take him seriously for a lot of stuff. Which is why our podcast is two hours long. <laughs> I bet he is spinning in his grave when this movie came out because he was like, son of a bitch, someone did it better. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I said that joke at the end of the movie, guys, and Natalie was like, Tell me you're joking or I will leave you. <laughs> I've never agreed with her more. <laughs> it was a funny joke, though. Hear me out, Todd. Back in this era, I didn't like rom-coms. Okay. And I feel like I really missed out on the golden age of rom-coms in the <laughs> 90s and early 2000s 
This stuff was fire. This is late 2000s, but it does have a very like early 2000s feel to it. I'll agree with that. But no, Mikey, I love this movie. I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Did it make sense? No. Does it need to? <laughs> no. 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 I prefer it didn't. Was it like the whatever Scrooge thing? Yeah. It was totally like that. Was, was it, it like, like the, the Scrooge whatever Scrooge thing? thing? Uh-huh. Wow. When Matthew McConaughey opens a window at the end of the movie and yells at a child who has not been in the movie before or since, <laughs> is it Christmas? <laughs> and the kid's and he like, goes, no, no, you idiot, it's, it's Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I did love that. So great. That was very funny. Okay. Do you guys have a favorite Christmas carol that you watch every year? Muppets. Yeah, same. So for me, it's Muppets, right? And I will say, like, Muppets, Christmas Carol, I was raised on that. I was not. They have the extended edition on Disney Plus this year. Mm, with the love song put back in. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. It's a very sad song. But Michael Caine in that is acting his ass off next to hands in socks. And I'm here for it. Like, he's so good. There's a scene in that where the charity people are giving him their scarf. Yeah. And he, like, tears up and, like, gets emotional from this rat Handing him a scarf. And I'm like, God damn, Michael Caine is giving it. And I'm here for it, Alfred. I am familiar with Muppet Christmas Carol. I know it is a favorite. It, it is very nostalgia. But I usually end up seeing it live somewhere. Oh, that would be fun. Uh, so that's the one I think I'm most familiar with is just like the live like stage version. Uh, but what I watched this year that I thought was pretty, f pretty fun was the Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> holiday like special i saw that i haven't watched it but i heard it was actually pretty good can you confirm those reports is it good <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny yeah honestly. that's what i was told it's pretty short like i think it's like 40 45 minutes it's like 36 oh, minutes okay, long okay. or something yeah i would have never watched it until somebody i read a synopsis like somebody posted it and they're like this is basically what happens and i was like i'm sorry what <laughs> and then like waited for Jake to go to bed because I knew that he was not on board for these levels of shenanigans. Uh, and then I watched it and it was very, very fun. I love that for you. Can I just say, I didn't see this movie in theaters when it was out, but I would have loved Emma Stone way earlier than I did. Like, I love Emma Stone now, but she, she was like a late addition to like actresses I think are very funny. Mm. But like, I feel like she's really young in this. She's crushing it. I fucking loved her in this. This is Easy A era Emma Stone. Yeah. We gotta do Easy A at some point because Easy A is fucking hilarious. I still haven't seen it. What? Yeah, I still haven't seen it. I'm saving it for the podcast, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got my Easy A virgin on. I, I felt as I was watching this, because I... I have zero attraction to Matthew McConaughey. He is okay. Okay. negative attractive to me. Like he just does nothing. Um, but as I was watching this movie, I was like, either the studio told them to dial it back or this needed one more punch up pass because there are some jokes in it that are dirtier and funnier than the rest of the movie. Yeah. And those really fucking work for me. And then it just kind of tempers a lot of the rest of the movie. I feel like they got told to dial it back. I feel like there's an R-rated cut of this somewhere. Yeah. I found something in Fun Facts that might explain it. Are okay. you willing to let me burn a Fun yes. Fact? I'm yes. always wanting the Fun Facts to get burned early. Burn the whole show down. What? Okay, so <laughs> originally this went into pre-production Okay. starring Ben Affleck. Uh, oh. Directed by Guess Judd Apatow 
No. This is too early for Judd Apatow, but you're on the right track. It was Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith. Oh shit. oh, shit. So, yeah, this would have been very vulgar. This would yeah, have been yeah, yeah. filthy. And this also sort of explains catch and release. Okay. Yes. Okay, this is making sense. Uh, not only A, would I have been more into it as Ben Affleck, because I guess I'm attracted more to Ben Affleck. Paige, okay. I get it, though. I am super into shitty dragon tattoos as well. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about how terrible that tattoo is. I think for me, a Wedding Crashers level filthy version of this is yes. what I want. And it's just shy of that yeah. for me. But that's what I need. Some producer was like, I see dollar signs. Make it PG-13. Yeah, I want the R-rated version of this. And the R-rated version might have actually paid off better at the box office. We'll talk about it. Did this movie bomb? I don't think it bombed. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to box office. I would not call this a bomb. Yeah, but because it kind of holds back a little bit, I don't know who this movie is really for because it's kind of a hard sell for ladies, straight ladies, I guess, unless you're super into Matthew McConaughey. I think ladies were at this time because he was like in this role a lot mm -hmm. at this time. Sure, but this, A, he's the same character in every movie at this time, except this movie makes him wildly unlikable for like 80 percent of the movie yeah if i remember how to lose a guy in 10 days he was also wildly unlikable in that except for that one part maybe that's his thing yeah well yeah the, it does flip him a little bit earlier in that movie but i also didn't like him in that movie if you'll remember correctly. no i don't like him in anything but true detective but i love Ooh, a movie yes. where this guy is 99 percent an asshole for 99 percent of the movie and at the end he's like i'm sorry what if i'm just not an <laughs> asshole? <Yeah. laughs> and then everyone forgives him because he's the protagonist immediately yes they forgive yeah, him immediately literally immediately Do, so i don't think it's for women really or at least not straight ladies it's for men who want women to think how we want them to think. I guess, but here's the thing. It's not <laughs> funny enough to just be a comedy. It's propaganda for toxic masculinity. Yes. That's actually quite a bit of rom-coms from this time. <laughs> the golden era, Todd. Yes. <laughs> the good old days, Michael. <laughs> this does the same thing that Wedding Crashers does, but Wedding Crashers just does it better. Because in better. Wedding Crashers, it's like, here are the rules. You, 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 know, you don't commit to a relative. You say goodbye. Like, all the stuff. Yeah. But it does the shift in feeling and perspective better. Yes. This movie tries to do the same, but it's not funny enough and it's not endearing enough. So for me, it just comes out to kind of a meh. I love Wedding Crashers. But if you look at that with a critical lens of an emotional shift, he lied about his identity to fuck her and then went oh, to Oh, not their, him. Uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is the one them. that I watch oh. for the emotional shift <laughs> because he gives it up faster. I do think she is totally within her rights to be like, yeah, I'm definitely not dating you, Owen Wilson. But I also think that it's a funnier movie with a better story. Yes, they're a hundred times more likable. The summer that movie came out, I can't tell you how many times I heard people yell, it was a gift, Todd! <laughs> so I sort of hate that movie. <laughs> Oh, but it's so good. It it's is why good. people play Shout at Weddings again. 
So do you guys want to go through this movie scene by scene so we can really break it down? Sure. So we start with credits that make me super dizzy. Why? They sp- it's like the overhead shot of New York and it spins and something about it. I was like, I'm going to barf. And then it cuts to no longer spinning. That's funny, uh, Paige, because later in this movie, I did pause to barf. I know. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Unrelated to the movie, though. I'm just sick today for whatever reason. And I've been reading. There have been multiple threads on Twitter as it implodes. As Twitter implodes, crazy and crazier things are in threads. It's my favorite car crash to witness. So good. Uh, There's multiple threads right now about sick bowls. Yes, I've seen those. You know what my sick bowl has always been, Paige? Hmm. The toilet. Same. Why are you throwing up in your Tupperware, you weirdos? I, I remember as a kid having to do it once or twice because, like, I couldn't make it or whatever. But those were never bowls that we, like, put back into rotation to eat out of. What the fuck are people doing? Oh, <sighs> I agree. Sorry. It's gross. Sorry, we out. probably shouldn't talk about this because you're yep. really sick. Yep. <laughs> I'm literally fighting the urge right now. I'm so sorry. Ooh. Oh, gross. Oh, no. Oh, are you guys Uh, trying to make me throw up on the ghost of my girlfriend's past? No, no, no. Anyway, a black car pulls up. Matthew McConaughey gets out. And it's a lingerie photo shoot because we will find out that he's a photographer. That's like his thing, too. He's like a lingerie photographer because all of the photo shoots he does are with half-naked women. No, 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 no. So right around this time, American Apparel specifically And a couple other companies in Los Angeles used uh, a photographer who is a a very famous American fashion photographer named Terry Richardson. And he was known for photographing women in various states of undress, but he was also known for trying to force them to interact with him sexually as part of the photo shoots. Gross! And sexually assaulted many, 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 many of the people he photographed. Oh, so it's exactly Matthew McConaughey in this movie. Yeah. Yes, because at the time this movie came out, we didn't know about how bad Terry Richardson was. But at the end... Terry said he was sorry, and then he got married and fell in love. Nope. He got married first and then fell in love? That's a coup right there. (laughs) Flip the script on it. Yeah. He knocked the wedding cake over because the caterers were bad. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you talking in code or are you stating facts? I don't know, but I just found an article from a couple months ago about Terry Richardson like this year. And because he hasn't really been able to get bookings or whatever, because he was accused so many times of sexual assault. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, well, he had to sell his home in New York. Oh, that's a shame. And it was a converted firehouse. It looks like the Ghostbusters. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty cool. Mikey, it's like your dream house. (laughs) He lives in my dream house? No, Mikey, he lived in your dream house. He lived. He had to sell it. Because busting made him feel good and it was inappropriate. Yeah. You have to consent with the busting. Yes. That's like the most important part. He he released a statement from his lawyer that says he is an artist who's been known for his sexually explicit work. So many of his professional interactions with subjects were sexual and explicit in nature. But all the subjects of his work participated consensually. However, many of those subjects disagree. (laughs) (laughs) His lawyer then wanted to say, Boston makes me feel good. Only when it is done consensually with adults. Yes. Or by yourself. Yeah. Anyway, so he's kind of flirting with all of the other lingerie models that are there. uh, And then he's shooting a spread for Christina Milian, who I don't remember the name they gave her in this. (laughs) 
but she's basically playing a version of herself Is she? because she was a pop star at the time. Yeah. Really? You don't remember Christina Milian? Absolutely not. And you know who else does it? <laughs> the world page. Oh, you're about to get some real mean emails. She listens to this podcast. Is she still No, <laughs> but a bunch of women my age do. And they're going to be like, how dare you? Christina Milian shaped my childhood. I mean, if it's the same hate I got for Rooney or whatever that shit band was from that. No, it's going to be way worse than Rooney. And also Rooney's not a shit Let band. Let me talk about Doctor Who for a minute. Oh, because Mr. Sinister kidnaps Cyclops and Jean Grey to steal their genes to clone mutants. He still goes by Mr. Sinister because he has a PhD <laughs> in biology. Fuck you, Doctor. We can't bring <laughs> subcontractor who into this. I like that Mikey brought facts to this episode for something that we were absolutely not going to discuss. No, nope. I just no. watched that episode waiting us to record. I was like, so he goes by Mr. Sinister. How interesting. Not Dr. Sinister. Hmm. Uh, I'm looking up to see if there's any song she did that you might remember. I don't think so. But she's also been in a bunch of movies, too. What is her name? Christine Emilian. So she was like a Disney Channel, that kind of pop star when I was younger. And then as she got older, she transitioned into a lot of like rom-coms and stuff like this. Anyway, but she she was like a pop star at the time this came out. Okay. It is basically her playing a version of herself. Yeah. That's sort of sad, though, just because of how she is treated in this movie. She is treated very badly in this movie. However, good for her for making it into a grown-up uh, rom-com movie career where I hope that she has enough money to never work again if she doesn't want to. That would be nice. Anyway, so the, the uh, photo shoot has, he like takes all her clothes off, basically. So she's in her, in her brawn panties and he puts an apple on her head and then has an archer shoot the apple off her head. But my favorite is that he's like, she came in sixth in Beijing. And then she's like, she didn't even medal. And like, <laughs> that made me laugh quite a bit. I did love that joke. Yeah. The photo comes out real damn cool. It does. It's really it, cool. It's a cool looking photo. I was like, he is a genius. No, you could do all of that after the fact. Like you could have her make that face like she's getting yep. shot or whatever and then shoot the apple and then just layer it. It'd be fine. Yeah. You wouldn't have to put her in danger. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he tells her that he says something really, really offensive, but he's like, yeah, I'm not a 12 year old tone deaf person. That's so I don't what, listen to your I'm music, not a tone deaf I love your style of look. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, not far off, honestly, but uh, they end up making out in his office and his assistant comes in and is like, yo, you have to be on the road by two because your brother is getting married. And he's like, is that today? And she's like, it's tomorrow, but you have to be there for the rehearsal dinner. And all of these other girls have called you. Yeah. And he's like, well, can you just call them back for me? And she's like, I'm not breaking up with people for you. And he's like, all right, conference them in, which is madness. I do sort of love this just because he's supposed to be Ebenezer Scrooge, right? right. He's supposed to be the bad guy at this point. And he is the fucking worst on every level. <laughs> and I love how terrible they make him to set up this bonkers overnight turn. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's hilarious to me that everyone still isn't the next day just being like, fuck you, go away. Never talk to me again. The only <laughs> right. one, the only one who can either see any redeemable qualities is his brother yes. and the Jennifer Gardner. Yeah. Because of the history. Everyone else would still be like, that guy's a total asshole. Yeah. Well, and Jennifer Gardner's the only one who doesn't take his shit. Yeah. Which is why she, I find, 
incredibly likable and, and empathetic in this movie, despite how unlikable most of the rest of the movie is. Yeah, mm-hmm. but really good. I really liked the movie. It's all right. Mikey, at the end of this movie, I cried. I felt the feels. I did cry at the end. I did not cry. Sure. Mikey, it's a safe space. If you if you cried, you could share that with us. That's true. I didn't cry this time. I of course you didn't. Of course. I did. Mikey, it's fine. I did not have that emotional connection with. I get it. You didn't cry. Wangy blanky. No. <laughs> I was just like, if I saw all the people I have dated in a haunting room, like really just going down one bar, and they all started attacking me. What would that look like? How many of them could I take? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you're like figuring out like, okay. Well, Alexa could fight, so like I would have to like go low or something. Like you're like trying to like figure out how you would fight them or whatever. Yeah, like I probably couldn't take a lot of them, you know. Here's my thing: is there's not even that many people sitting in that bar for me, but I got a type, and that type is big and swarthy. Oh, we know, Paige. We've seen your husband. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Your little ex's bar would look like the Avengers Initiative or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We need your shoulders. The Shoulders Initiative is looking for you. We need your shoulders for a secret mission. <laughs> it's S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's just shoulders. <laughs> like, whatever the acronym <laughs> for shoulders is. <laughs> anyway, so he breaks up with them on a conference call, which, brutal, but I did find extremely funny. <laughs> I like how he breaks up with them, and then he, like, shuts down any conversation afterwards, and then he's like, hey, I got a busy day, so I'm going to bounce off, but you guys feel free to take this digital room and just talk amongst yourselves. You guys obviously share the same... Sort of attraction to me, so. Yeah. At least he was honest. Slack me if you have any other questions. (laughs) Have you ever, okay, this is going to be a question more probably for the people at home. Uh, Have you ever been like on the dating apps or dating and talking to a couple of people at the same time? Yes. And you like crisscross the messages and like forget what one said and the other and you're like, you're from New Mexico, right? They're like, no. Who, how many girls you're talking to? You're like, what? I I have, (laughs) but I also... I feel like until we meet in person, I can talk to as many people as I want. Yes. That absolutely. Yeah, same. Yeah. What about after you meet in person? That depends on how that meeting in person went. Yes. If I'm going to have additional dates with you, I might cool off talking to other people. Same. If I don't think I'm going to have an additional date with you, I'm going to still talk to whoever. Yeah, because I, I mean, that initial meeting may just be like, oh, this is not a love connection, so I'm definitely still looking. Or maybe this could be something, so... I'm going to sort of let them know that I'm pursuing other options or whatever. Yeah. What was your go-to phrase after a date that didn't go well? Mine was, it's been nice to meet you. Good luck with everything. Because that was used on me once, and so I just pay it forward. I got kicked out of a woman's apartment, and that's what she said. What events led up to you getting kicked out of her apartment? This is the woman that he wouldn't wouldn't she kiss. She wouldn't right? kiss, but she wanted to have sex. Yeah, and I was like, I don't. What do you do with your mouths? Do you talk? And she's like, No. Then she's like, I got to get more drunk for this. And I was like, I don't know if I want this right now. And she's like, Get out. Good. This seems like a bad yeah, situation. I mean, I don't know why you were still there. I like kissing. Same. <laughs> yeah, me too, Mikey. I have also dated two people who did not kiss with any tongue at all. Also strange. Like ever? Ever. No kissing with tongue. Just mouth touching. That's so weird. I lead with tongue. Is that weird? Uh, I just that's like, interesting. And like, Natalie hates it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why she called it interesting. That, I mean, I don't actually kiss like that. It was a joke. But she called my actual kissing interesting. I wish it was that that joke that made it interesting. It's worse than that, Paige. You got to learn how to rein that tongue in if you want an, a bar of X's that looks like the Avenger initiative. Yeah. I learned early on that you you meet the tongue level of what the girl likes. Yeah. And then it's like an arm wrestling match in your mouth. 
No, I think this is where you're going wrong. <laughs> oh, sorry. This might be where things go off the rails. Yeah, that's on me. It's like you're touching faces with a sarlacc pit. <laughs> what the fuck? Who are you kissing? <laughs> assholes, Paige. He's kissing literal assholes. That's fair. No, your your thing goes out and you drop you drag Bubba Fett in. Did you just call him Boba Fett? I'm so sorry. I have lost Boba the metaphor. Fett? Robert Fett. Did you just call Boba Fett Robert Fett? <laughs> that was his father, Mikey. <laughs> his father was Django Fett. That's true. I actually know that. That is correct. What were we talking about? Anyway, so he leaves. He he gets in the car to drive, completely abandoning Christina Milian. We never see or hear from her again for the rest of the film. No, and they're terrible. Like, the way she gets out of this movie, like, her last lines are, he's saying to her, as they're about to, like, sort of have sex that gets interrupted, she's like, why am I here? And he goes... I don't know. It's usually like daddy issues. And she's like, yeah, usually something with your dad. She's like, I've never even met my dad. And he's like, yeah. well, come on. Dad. Yeah, come to daddy. I was like, oof. Oh, then it fades to black. I think they uh, closed the deal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for those of you out there who are deep cut fans, uh, you could say that somebody hit the lights so she could rock it day and night anyway. So he drives through the snow to the fancy estate. <laughs> That was a Christina Melian song for those of you who did not know. So everyone out there. <laughs> um, Todd, I think you underestimate how many women my age listen to this show. Oh, and you think the crossover is very high that they would also know her, who she is? Correct. Oh, dipping low. I'm sorry. I just pulled up a track listing. There's a, you know what? You're missing out. That's all I'm saying. You didn't trust me about Bubba Sparks? I didn't. And I apologize for that. And I'll check out this Christina Milian person. Milian. I bet you don't even know about 3LW either. That's another one that people are going to call you a clown for not knowing about. I don't know any of these songs. Missing out. I was busy writing rock music at this point in my life. I have no idea. And it was bad. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, and you are going to shit on Christina Milian in your long hair, weird goatee era. God, I, everything else, I still like. Okay, the long hair didn't look great, but I get it. I was a drummer in a rock band. When I look back on photos of me and a goatee, I'm like, nothing excuses that. No, walking around like some low-rent Lestat. Come on now. Anyway, they get to the wedding rehearsal where his brother, Breckenmeyer, who is in every movie from this period, and I love is him. getting married. Yeah. Love him. But my favorite is that we reveal in this scene, as he arrives late to this wedding rehearsal, all but one of the bridesmaids has slept with him already. Yes. Which is wild. <laughs> That's a wild coincidence because I would assume. Is it a wild coincidence? I mean. I mean, if you're in the friend group, you're going to end up sleeping with a couple of them. I would imagine that she met these friends at different places at different times in her life. Hey, Mikey, I have a quick question. Just a follow up to what you just said. Has this ever happened to exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Paige. Yeah, because this has never happened to me. Like, per se, when you were officiating the wedding, had you perhaps, perchance even, boned one of the bridesmaids? Look, a gentleman never tells things or whatever. I will ask you a question of how many ex-partners have you ever been in a room with at one time? Well, like, okay, so the game is you're in a room in the real world, right? And you've had sex with more than one person in that room. Uh -huh. What's your highest number in that room? Mm -hmm. One. I think I'm topping out at one. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of a time when I, ooh, no. Outside of funerals? <laughs> Funerals count. Okay. They're just like weddings. Okay. They're just like weddings. Then two. Then two. Yes. Yeah. Even dated, I'm topping out at one. Right? Yeah, but Mikey, I think wait, part of this. Mikey, what's your <laughs> number? Yeah. Hang on. I don't have to answer that. What? We just did. But I also, I feel Paige, like I don't. don't 
keep talking until he answers. <laughs> Mike. I'm not telling all that stuff. It's higher than mine. I don't know what your number is. I said two. Oh, dated or slept with? Go both. Because like somebody you dated in high school might be in the same. Because that I thought about, I was like, I went to a high school mm-hmm. friend's wedding. I, mean, I did go to my high school reunion. Because like I didn't sleep with anybody in high school. But if we're counting dated, I, I could, I even then, I can't imagine ever being in more in a room with more than like two, maybe three total. Okay. It's got to be two or three. Yeah. I thought you had like a big number and that's why you asked. No. I'm just saying, I mean, if you have managed to sleep with all of the bridesmaids at a wedding before the wedding even happens, that's tough to do. So if you fill up your bridesmaid's punch card before the wedding takes place, uh-huh. do you then sleep with the bride? Like, No, you win the cake. Yeah, I, I think you win extra cake or the bouquet. Honestly, I'll take the bouquet. If I had <laughs> sex with every bridesmaid, I need the bouquet and some hydration. I need like water. <laughs> A chair to rest in, yeah. maybe a walker. Probably some protein <laughs> shakes. Like, I've got to replenish. I think it also depends on how many bridesmaids are at the wedding. Yeah, this is only four. That, but again, that means target three, you had to hit all three, which is wild to me. But if there were like 17, that's even way more of an achievement just in stamina alone. Not the same night. This is like years gone by. They've known each other I since know. high school. Well, they've known each other since childhood. Well, that's only one of the bridesmaids. The other bridesmaids, I don't think they know. One of them obviously knows Matthew McConaughey because they slept together. But two the of them other have. two. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Matthew McConaughey's a fucking dirtbag in this movie. The only, <laughs> the only one he hasn't slept with is the blonde. And and I was trying to figure out how they all knew and if they had all gone to high school or whatever together, because there is like an age gap or if Jenny was the family friend and she's really there for his brother, like his brother invited her to be part of the wedding party. Right. Because I otherwise I don't really know how she knows the other girls, but like, I don't know. But maybe they all went to high school and grew up together. And so he blew through them in high school. So this is like a their early days. I don't know. Anyway. So he pulls Breckenmeyer aside to be like, you don't have to get married, you know, you could just leave. He is shitty out of the gate. He's not even like, hey, congrats. This is a beautiful venue. It's great that we can do it at our uncle's house. Like, I love Mm -hmm. this. I'm proud of you. Love you, brother. He's just like, don't do it, bro. It's a mistake. Yeah. You don't want to go through with it. But he's saying it like really shitty sexist ways. He's super sexist and terrible through this entire movie. (laughs) Until for the last 8% where he's like, I'm sorry, guys. And everyone's just like, oh, we forgive you. I'm going to need like 10 years of him acting right before I believe any of that shit. Yeah. Anyway, Jennifer Garner kind of like slips in and is just like, hey, asshole, I know what you're doing. Please fucking stop. It's their wedding. Be supportive and go be a douchebag somewhere else because she is the only one not afraid to confront him, which I kind of love. Yeah, she's awesome in this movie. This is honestly, I don't typically like her in movies. I do. She's not my favorite. She's fine. But like, I really liked her in this movie. Yeah. So he joins the rehearsal where we meet Sarge, who I think is my favorite character in this film, (laughs) if only for his wedding toast. I honestly, if I was a Marine, I'd be very upset about this movie and the way that Marines are portrayed. Not like the beginning stuff, but like when he gets knocked out in one punch, I was like, submarine. 
<laughs> Sounds more like army to me. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I've, I've known a lot of Navy guys because of San Diego. They also had some Marines there occasionally, so I would occasionally hang out with some Marines as well. And they would have talked shit about that one little thing forever. Are you saying submarines are some Marines? Some Marines, yeah. Okay. Marines would come to Coronado to do training sometimes. They weren't stationed there typically. Navy was stationed right. there. So I had a lot of friends in the Navy there. But yeah, the Marines would have been like, that guy's a bitch. Like, and he, he was supposed to be like a drill sergeant, right? Yeah, but he's also an old man. He fought in Korea. That's true. Okay, I apologize. Yeah, that's My a, that's grandfather like, or I guess my grandfather was stationed over there around the same time. And I bet your grandfather can't take a punch today. Because <laughs> he's dead. Oh, no. <laughs> no, his brothers and my grandmother's brothers fought in Korea. Anyway, but like those people are old. <laughs> Super fucking yeah, old. Yeah, most of them are dead. Well, yeah. this movie also came out in uh, 2009. It was, you know, forever ago, but yeah. The Korean War was 50 to 53. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yes. I was like, was a long time ago. I will say that Lacey Chathbirth or whatever. Lacey Chabert. Holy shit. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> He's only ever read that name. Yeah. Just call her Gretchen Wieners and be done with it. I've only seen Gretchen Wieners on Hallmark now where she does every Hallmark movie. And I bet she runs that fat check to the bank to live in her comfortable house out in Calabasas or something. You know who would do Lifetime movies 24 hours a day and make that money? This bitch right here, Mikey. <laughs> Same. Give me a three-bedroom, two-bath, and Thousand Oaks. Let's do this Hell shit. yeah, babe. Seeing her get unhinged and angry is very cool. I liked her in this movie. I do love her. Her she has a great dial up to crazy. It's the it's the same energy of just like we should just stab Caesar, <laughs> like, <laughs> and none for Gretchen Wieners. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I do also love that he <laughs> that Sarge is timing the wedding itinerary in military time. Yeah. And he's like at fifteen thirty hours, and everyone's like, when is that? Like I don't know. <laughs> And he's like, you'll turn 180 degrees. And faced west, <laughs> northwest or whatever. You're like, everyone's like, what? We're just going to like walk out of the room, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they all hug. And Matthew McConaughey is like, I'm surrounded by huggers because he's emotionally stunted. Yes, he is. This is also where we meet the groomsmen, too, who we don't really get a lot with them. But they're sort of like no. what I would call standard nerds. Like, that's their archetype in this movie. But I sort of dig them on some level. I've been in and around a wedding with groomsmen like this, and they did just kind of cluster together and watch the girls and hope somebody talked to them. (laughs) It was wild. You'll never sleep with all the bridesmaids that way. They end up sleeping with all the bridesmaids in this movie. They do. That is not what happened at the one I went to. And it doesn't happen at (laughs) any of them. Yeah. I mean, people get freaky at almost every wedding. Anyway, Matthew McConaughey goes upstairs and we've heard that this is his Uncle Wayne's like mansion because apparently he's the nephew of Bruce Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're rich (laughs) as shit. Like it's like a private like estate. Yeah. In Nantucket, right? They said it was in Nantucket, right? In Newport. Newport, okay. Newport News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They're very rich. Yes. Like old money rich, like American aristocracy rich, like that rich. Right, like Wayne Foundation rich. Yes. Like underneath that mansion, there's a bat cave with a tumbler. Yeah. Like benefited from Reaganomics rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like parents were murdered coming home from the theater rich. Not the movie theater either, the real theater. 
hang on. Does this movie sort of posit a world where if Bruce Wayne, instead of being raised sort of by Alfred, was raised by a sex pest uncle, we wouldn't get Batman? No, I would posit he's not Batman. His uncle, uncle was, was Batman. Batman. And okay. this is just what happens when when Batman retires and decides to just slay ladies because the Joker killed Rachel. I love everything about this. And now I demand a deep fake remake where okay. they just Photoshop in Adam West over Michael Douglas's character. No, Michael Douglas would have been a badass Batman. He would have been day. a pretty fucking badass been. Batman, right. honestly. Yeah. Who's your favorite Batman? No. Did you say no? <laughs> what was that answer? What? That was like Mikey doing the mental calculus of is this a trap? Decline to answer. <laughs> it's Batman Beyond Monogamy. That is Michael Douglas's Batman. <laughs> Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond, there's an uh, there's an older, retired Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But here's what I would want then. In this scene, because Matthew McConaughey is like walking up the stairs and he's seeing all these pictures of, of Michael Douglas with all these people. Yeah. And it would have been really funny if it was just like Poison Ivy, Catwoman. <laughs> the way he actually took down the Joker was to romance all the ladies so they were on his side. Harley Quinn deserved better. Yeah. So good for her. <laughs> I mean, what are exes if not your villains? (laughs) Your rogues gallery. They always come back around. I mean, it's it's one of those anti-hero stories where all this time we thought Batman was the hero, but really he was just a misogynist douchebag who was addicted to scotch. Uh, That's always been my Batman, so... (laughs) (laughs) That's my James Bond, but like, you know. Get away, money penny. Slaps her ass. It's man talk time. That is, it's so misogynist that it comes back around to being funny, even though it's not. It's, it's that's a, terrible. That's a uh, script reading by me of Goldfinger. That's I a think. direct quote from Goldfinger, yes. <laughs> as, as previously performed by Sean Connery. International sex pest, Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> Star of Zardars. Uh, anyway, so... He walks up past all the pictures. He gets to his bedroom, which they've somehow, for some reason, decorated almost like it's a bridal suite. I have to assume that that's where the women were getting dressed. I don't know. Like, it it is decorated in a way that makes me believe they really were not expecting him to show up, you know? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Well, that's what they're saying. They're like, oh, my God, you made it. Like, Mm -hmm. I I definitely, like, thought that they had used that room for some other purpose because they assumed he wasn't going to show up. And then when he shows up, they're like, okay, yeah, let's get all that shit out of there yeah that's why you got rsvp it's important well yeah you should rsvp to weddings no matter what because people pay per plate yeah don't just like show up to a wedding unannounced that's a real real bad vibes anyway so he starts to kind of like drop his stuff he hits on jennifer garner she's like no thank you yeah and leaves and we cut back down to the bachelorettes who are all kind of having like a bachelorette party drinking and one of them says one of the craziest, most offensive things I've ever heard, which is they're not really married till they have kids. Yeah. Yeah. I heard her say that. Yeah. That is crazy. I mean, it is crazy, but it's also like people who justify like breaking up people who are in cup, like who are like a couple because they're not married. They're just as terrible, you know? Oh, I mean, it's terrible to break people up no matter what. Yeah. But to on top of that be like your union is illegitimate if it did not result in procreation. 
Get the fuck out of here. It sounds real alt-right to me, Paige. Oof. You know, my idol, King Henry V or Seventh. <laughs> it's the eighth. You almost got there. There's a whole damn song about it, Mikey. I'm Henry the Fifth, the Seventh, Eighth, I am. Eighth, seventh, fifth, I am. Fifth, seven, eighth, I am. Say Chernobyl again. Chernobyl. <laughs> like Sean Connery. First off, the UK history is not my history, okay? Then why are you saying he's your hero? He's not my hero. I'm just, you know, traditional marriage, you got to like procreate or you have to like behead him or whatever. I don't know. I didn't read the Bible. They did procreate. She just didn't have boys. Also, you won't find that story in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely not in the Bible. What about King Henry's? The King Henry version. You mean the... I don't know if you mean mean the the Anglican church (laughs) or if you mean... I'm so... Wow. I feel like I'm talking to someone who got to Earth today. (laughs) Hi. I just flew in to Earth and boy, are my arms tired. It's me, Meat Blorb. If you shave me, I look like Jeff Goldblum and I'm here to find Gina Davis's boobies. Like, that's what you sound like right now. We all are, Paige. Yeah. Paige, do you know where they are? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. I don't. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) I'm going to leave that pause in and just us like collecting our shit before we could move on. (laughs) So we cut to the rehearsal dinner where he's double fisting scotch and just okay, in- let's not. That's very judgy. I, I want you to take a, a different tone. I am saying what is happening. I am always double fisting scotch at a rehearsal dinner. Always. <laughs> and some say he is to this very day. <laughs> I mean, it would have been real hard at my rehearsal dinner that was at like a pizza parlor. <laughs> I would have been double fisting pepperoni. Double fisted scotch at non-alcoholic <laughs> wedding. I was like, do you have an open bar or cash bar? No, uh, no, no. Oh, it's okay. I brought my. Uh, So he's double fisting scotch and just lecturing people about how marriage is evil. I'm just picturing Mikey coming into a wedding that's like a dry wedding. Like both of the people getting married met in AA. Like that's the kind of vibe. No, not like that. And he shows up with like a construction helmet on it with two glasses of scotch (laughs) with crazy straws into his mouth. (laughs) Two bottles of Glenlivet just like resting in there. They weren't, it was just like a, you know, young Mississippi. We don't have the money for alcohol at our wedding weddings. Mine was a hypothetical. It seems like you're guilty of something that I don't want to dig into. So we should move on. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm just picturing you putting like a Franzia bladder in your cummerbund at a wedding. And it's like, I can't, I don't want to add to like my gut area. I put it on the ass so it looks even more perfect. <laughs> Damn, yo, that guy who's officiating this wedding is double thick. <laughs> double caked up. Yo, I'm going to drink that ass. Yo, did you see the cake? Not the wedding cake, the officiant. <laughs> the officiant cakes. By the end of the night, Mikey's drunk as shit and his ass is flat as a surfboard. <laughs> Are you okay? Do you have off-market butt implants? His butt's always been scotch, Paige. That was his secret. <laughs> I put the ass in flask. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We got our marketing and a product. I don't see any way we're not making a million dollars off the ass flask. The flask. We could get Gilbert Gottfried to be a duck that says, at last. We we cannot because he has passed. Fuck. Is he dead? Yes. Oh my God. He died this year. Fuck. Within like days of Bob Saget because 
Jeff oh. was real, real bummed because he was like, they were like a, a group of best friends. It was yeah. like heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> it was really sad. And Godfrey's last words were, Saget survives. <laughs> That is such a nerdy joke. And Paige, I know, I know that I will love you for the rest of my days because you laughed at that joke. Side note, Mikey, also love that you didn't get that joke. That is on brand for you. And I also love you for the rest of my days because you didn't get it. Oh, Todd, that was great. Thank you so, so much. Anyway, she, uh. Uh, Gretchen Wieners. You change your name though, right? Not if your father's the inventor of toaster strudel. What? And he was. Wait. Have you not seen Mean Girls? Have you not seen Mean Girls? No. What? I mean, I don't remember everything about Mean Girls. You remember everything about the Henry VIII song? <laughs> I think you mean Henry V, 7th, 8th, Mikey. Excuse you. Learn your English history. Henry the five, want six, to. seven, eight. <laughs> if you remember two things about Gretchen Wieners. Well, you should technically remember three. One, her hair is so big because it's full of secrets. That is Gretchen Wieners. That's a great line. Two, Gretchen Wieners is the one that gets no candy canes. And instead, Glenn Coco gets them. Four for you, Glenn Coco, and none for Gretchen Wieners. And three, that Gretchen Wieners is the daughter of the man who invented toaster strudel. And that's why she would like her mm -hmm. lawyer or representative present during her meeting with the principal. <laughs> I don't think my father, the inventor of toaster strudel, would appreciate me being questioned without a lawyer. That is Gretchen Wieners in a nutshell. And stop making clutch happen. It's never going to happen. Fetch. Stop making fetch. <laughs> clutch. <laughs> clutch did happen. Yeah. I don't know if you know. Natalie has quite a few clutches. Oh, but also people used to say like pretty fucking clutch of you, bro. No, a clutch is like a purse with no strap. Yeah. It's like a wallet, honestly. it's They're not very big. Well, I prefer my women strapped <laughs> so I don't get clapped. <laughs> right. Because Mikey and me rolling these streets of the Nashville page. <laughs> We're deep in them Nash Vegas streets. It's an hour, an hour into this episode. I knew it was going to be like this. Anytime we start an episode where Todd's like, I've really got to hurry tonight, so we're going to keep it on target. Let me sing the entirety of the Henry the 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th, and 8th song. <laughs> How long do you think that song is? Because I conservatively sang three seconds of it. It's longer, Mikey. <laughs> anyway, Gretchen Wieners, daughter of the inventor of Toaster Strudel, notices that there are no figs in the salads, and she flips the fuck out. Well, figs are good. Figs are delicious. But if you ask me if there was salad at my wedding, period, I don't fucking remember. <laughs> like, some things are really not worth screaming over. It was a rehearsal dinner, though. Where was your rehearsal dinner? It was at a pizza parlor. I also don't remember if there was salad there. There may there have been. There probably was. Pizza parlors usually have salad that gets uneaten because there's pizza there. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, so everyone seems to love the salad, and she's just kind of losing it a little yeah. bit. So they ask... They ask Matthew McConaughey to make a toast. And he's like, no, because I hate marriage. And Jennifer Garner's like, why don't you stop being an asshole? And he's just like, Mer. I mean, he does a whole like diatribe or like long speech about how yeah. marriage is an archaic institution. And like, just like being a douche, like being a terrible dude. Right. I mean, it's okay if you believe those kind of things, but you're at your fucking brother's wedding. Yeah. He clearly doesn't believe those things because he's getting married. So, like, I just hate him so much at the beginning of this movie, which sort of makes me love the movie even more. Because, again, you're supposed to hate him. It's Dickens. Yeah, of course. 
Uh, so he goes to the bathroom where he runs into the ghost of Uncle Wayne, who is the Marley of this. Yeah. I mean, he is the ghost that establishes the ghost, right? Or the ghost. Jacob Marley. Yeah. My brain was saying Bob Marley. And I was like, that's so not correct. Uh, but it would have been pretty dope. I love Bob Marley. No girlfriend, no cry. <laughs> yes. Yo, reggae slaps sometimes. Anyway, so Uncle Wayne, Bruce Wayne. Holy Never go into crime shit. fighting. It doesn't pay very well. He is Bruce Wayne. His name is Uncle Wayne. Wayne is his last name. Yeah. Well, Wayne is probably his first name, but like you don't know that, I, for my purposes, I don't, don't know, know that. that. His name is Wayne Wayne. Wayne Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. Uh, but he says, players never die. They just try their luck at a different table. And I was like, that's badass for someone who's definitely dead. And died of syphilis. Like that dude's nose fell off before he was put in that casket. His crabs were so big they could have served them at Vegas buffets. And they might have. They probably did. That's why they're so cheap. He kept all of the golden nugget afloat. (laughs) Anyway, he's like, I'm here to warn you. Don't live like I did. And he's like, um, but you were the fucking coolest. And he's like, I wasn't. I was darkness. I was the night. (laughs) Anyway, he's like, don't turn out like me. You're going to see some shit tonight with some ghosts, and I'm not going to explain any further. I'm just going to leave this glass of scotch here, and peace. Yeah. You'll be visited by three ghosts. The Joker, (laughs) Scarecrow, (laughs) and the Penguin. (laughs) I did think it was sweet when the ghost of future took him to his grave or whatever, and his brother was there, and the Joker came to pay his respects, and Penguin, and all like all of them showed up. It was nice. It's classy. Yeah, and then you saw the light in the sky that was just in the shape of a dick. <laughs> but it's still like it's, cir- it's like a circle, but instead of the yes. bat, it's a dick. Oh, Paige. I, it's a dick. I need someone to Photoshop that immediately. Gotham needs me. <laughs> There's got to be a porn parody that has that already. It's called Orgasmo, Mikey, and it's made that by the creators of true. South Park. And it's pretty great. That is a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so he's like, that didn't just happen. I'm super drunk, but the glass of scotch is still there. Ghost scotch. <laughs> anyway, so he goes out to the bar where he meets the mother of the bride and immediately just grabs her boobs without asking. Yeah. He thought she was a ghost. Yeah, but still. He like, sexually assaults her, though. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, true. I mean, even if you think someone's a ghost, maybe t- touch them on the shoulder or elbow. Yeah. Or- That's not the traditional ghost grieving. <laughs> yeah, you got to honk the boo. Uh huh. Paige knew where this was going. I honestly skipped the semester where I was supposed to be abroad at Ghost College, so I don't know the <laughs> culture. <laughs> so that's fair. You have to immerse yourself, and that way you know about ghost nipples, you know about boobs. <laughs> Well, when you go to honk the boobs, you have to do it as if you're doing the horn solo from the Ghostbusters song, like hell yeah, because you're horny. (laughs) Technically, that was a saxophone. Oh oh, god. Real trumpet of Utah. <laughs> we are never getting done with this episode. Welcome to the seven hour long Ghosts of Girlfriends Pass. I'm Mikey. Welcome to part four. Anyway, <laughs> she reveals that she is the mother of the bride. And he's like, so should we like bump uglies? And she's like, no, gross. Uh, but maybe try that blonde bridesmaids over there. And he like turns around and she's just like, <laughs> it is insane at the level of like interest she is floating in this like scene right here yes well and 
the mother of the bride is just like, look, if my daughter wasn't marrying your brother, I'd be down. Is basically what she's float she's putting That's out. That's what it seemed like to me. Yes. I'll and be honestly, honest with good you. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. People like a direct approach. I like a direct approach. Absolutely. Yes. If you're like, look, I'm not interested in a long term deal. I'm not here for a long time, but I'm here for a fun time. If you know what I'm yeah. saying. I'm here for a ghoul time. Are you a ghost? <laughs> Hi, it's nice to meet you at this wedding slash hotel slash resort bar. I'm here for a weekend. <laughs> Would you like some weekend sex? Mm -hmm. Who says no to that? Most people. But like some people say yes. That's fair. Anyway, he turns around to go talk to the bridesmaid. And as that's happening, Gretchen Wieners catches up with Jennifer Garner and she's like, I set you up with somebody. Meet Brad. And I do love Brad. She should have stayed with Brad. Brad's the best. I like that Brad finds someone at, at this wedding. Me too. <laughs> I was very happy for the assistant and Brad. The assistant deserves happiness and I'm glad she found Brad. Me too. I'm also glad they didn't paint him like a villain for just not being Same. Matthew no, McConaughey. He is legitimately just a good dude. Yeah. He's not creepy. There's nothing wrong with him. It's just mm -hmm. like Jennifer Gardner and Matthew McConaughey's relationship is like forever long. Like they've known each other as long as they've had memories. They've been with each other. Right. So like it's hard to beat that, I guess. I hope Brad is still single when she inevitably breaks up with Matthew McConaughey after he definitely cheats on her. Oh, you mean in six weeks, Paige? Yes. Yeah. But he's going to say he's sorry. I don't care. <laughs> They'll stay together for a long time. <laughs> you can be sorry alone. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? I'm telling you, <laughs> if she was still caught up on him after everything that's already happened in the film, she would not leave him after six weeks. Yeah. It's called a toxic cycle and she should probably... Probably go to some therapy because she deserves better. Everyone deserves better. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. It's different if like you're in an open relationship and it's just like whatever. Like that's different. That's different. That is not what is for sale with Jennifer Gardner's character, right? She wants a and monogamous, very, real very relationship. Clear. Yes. I dig that about her. I will only go to therapy if the therapist is a ghost and takes me back to the past to show me what exactly <laughs> happened. I, too, want Emma Stone to be my therapist, Mikey, but I don't know if that's in the cards. I've got my calls in with her people, but she has not returned. That'll be a $25 boo pay. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a co-pay? Yeah. 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 I yeah. love it. Anyway, so as she's hanging out with Brad, he sees her with Brad, and he's like, oh, I'm jealous. So he goes to the blonde bridesmaid, and he's like, I'm so sorry. I boned everyone except you. I left you out and I didn't mean to, which is a wild thing to say to somebody. It's even more wild that it works, Paige. Well, I think she wanted to bang him regardless. And I think yeah. she has no long-term plans for this. So there's a part of me that's like... Good for her? Good for her? Yeah. I guess. I feel like she knows up front that it is not going to be like a relationship. Yeah, she knows what's up. So she yeah. has like proper expectations, which I feel like he normally lies about that shit to the women he's doing this to. It does seem like he is not completely up front. Yeah, right? Like he's manipulative mm -hmm. with that. To make them mm -hmm. feel like it's going to be like a relationship. Which is, I get that like men actually do that because we're shitty people. I, I It's probably people. I just, I've never had Ladies a woman do, do that too. to me. A lot yeah. of different people do that. Like, yeah, yeah, he, sure. she, they, thems, everybody does it. Yeah. You know, whatever. But I definitely think that like she in this situation would be free of that because she knows his reputation. Yes. And, and we find out later in the movie that like all the bridesmaids are just trying to get laid that 
at that wedding. Yeah. Which, by the way, that wedding seems to have 30 people at it. It's a small affair, yeah. Bro, what a wedding to have only single bridesmaids. I would love to be a groomsman at that wedding. I'd have been like, this is it. What do you think? It's a <laughs> it's a numbers game, and the numbers may not be in your favor at, at right? like that small of a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he basically he tells her to go upstairs, boil water, get a chicken claw out of his suitcase. I don't know what that was at all. Are you familiar? No. I mean, I <laughs> I was afraid that he like went to a butcher shop and bought a chicken claw. Like I was I like, is this some sort know. of ritual? What are we doing? Yeah, I think he is gonna boil the chicken claw and he's doing some left hand path magic with it. And so like He's going full Jack Parsons, yes. is what you're saying. Well, and LRH, the both of them, right? Yeah, they were yeah, trying yeah. to make he's- a Sex god or whatever. Yeah, a moon child. That's what it uh, was, yeah. To bring about the Antichrist with their elemental woman, for sure. But, like, he's going to put all thrusters towards that bridesmaid. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) he's like, I'll be up in five. And she's like, all right. So she leaves, presumably to go up there. Yeah. And we cut back to Brad and Jenny, who seem to be getting along and they approach the bar as Matthew McConaughey is about to go leave to sleep with the other bridesmaid. Mm -hmm. And she literally says like, oh, are you going to get your hat trick of bridesmaids? Like she knows what's up. Yeah. And it's just immediately like, you're trash, hot trash. (laughs) (laughs) And Brad is like, whoa. And she's just like, but trash though. And he's like, when you're right, you're right. Yep. Bye. (laughs) So he goes upstairs. And it looks like there's somebody under the covers moaning. And he's like, ooh, hey, who's this? And pulls the covers back. And it is Emma Stone, the first ghost of Girlfriend's Path, Allison Vandermeesh. And she's just like humming poison. Yeah. Which is so funny. <laughs> she's really good in this movie. She's yeah, great. She's amazing in this. I love her so much. Yeah. But this is basically his first ghost of Girlfriend's Past. And my favorite part about like this whole next few scenes is that they travel on the bed that it just like crashes into the flashbacks. It was very bed knobs and broomsticks. And I was here for yes. it. <laughs> yeah, man. When all that furniture went to go fight the Nazis. I oh. know. Right. It's the best. <laughs> Everyone's probably like, what? Guys, watch bed knobs <laughs> and broomsticks. It slaps. I forgot that that's what happens. In that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a wild film, man. Anyway, they go back to 1982, which is him and Jenny as kids having this kind of like playground romance relationship. And she gives him his first camera. And it's very cute. It is very cute. And he cute. takes a Polaroid of her and he's like, I'm going to keep it forever. Yeah. This part's hilarious where he's like, I didn't say that. It's so funny. And Emma Stone is so comedic. If you think she's good in this, wait till you see Easy A. I can't wait. Like, I'm excited to see it. And I'm I'm saving it on purpose. But that's a movie I would go watch just at your recommendation. Because I love her. And I'm sure she's yes. great. But I haven't seen it. I love Easy A. So we find out that this is basically the summer before his parents die. And we cut to their funeral. And she's there with him at the funeral. Like, yeah. we, we find out that they've been friends for a long time. So we fast forward to middle school. And... Ario Speedwagon is on and they're like, hey, slow dance with your favorite person. And she looks to him because she totally was expecting him to ask. I mean, Paige, it's very much set up like he's supposed to ask her. Like the whole time they're barely not touching hands. They're like 
very awkward, but I get that they're like eighth graders and this is like their first sort of dance quote unquote experience. And like, <laughs> yeah. he just like, he fucks it up. You know, he just doesn't ask her. Mm-hmm. And so she goes off and dances with, you know, Marty Vandersloot or whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I remember my eighth grade dance where Susie Goodrow taught me how to slow dance and Thank you, Suze. Doing all the women of the world a favor by teaching Mikey to dance. Thank you, Suze. Anyway, so basically they find out Pete Hastings wants to ask her to dance. And kiss her at the same time. And kiss her at the same time. And we do find out that Pete Hastings is now bald and does Civil War reenactments on the weekends, which was pretty fun info. But I was like, where does this set? Rural Indiana? Like, I don't think Civil War reenactments were huge up until like the last 15 years. Really? Yeah. I remember going to multiple ones as a child. I've never been to one. Neither have I. Have you guys ever lived around a Civil War battlefield? Yeah. No. I mean, I went to Gettysburg, but it was just like the battlefield, like museum thing, you know? I've been to Alcatraz. Hell yeah. That's kind of more our thing. I was always confused about reenactment, but it was like history stuff. Like, come around and be like, this is what the gun was. See, I've been to stuff like that in Colonial Williamsburg and stuff where they're like, this is how they built their cabins that they did not survive with. (laughs) Most of them died. It's like that, but like the Civil War and extremely probably whitewashed. I don't remember the experience completely, but as a child, you're like, this is super interesting. And then as you get older, you're like, Oh, that must have been horrifying. I should. I wonder what they say to those people now. So Jake and I, for our honeymoon, did D.C. and Colonial Williamsburg. And now at Colonial Williamsburg, they mention native tribes who were there, but also records of enslaved peoples that they have then attempted to restore and find as much information about them as they can. And it's very, very interesting on the tours as they're like, And some of the people who were enslaved in this home were these people. And we know about them from these records. And this is what their life was probably like. And for us to be like, I'm glad that you're finally sharing this and being honest about the truth of what happened. And then for other people who were older, white, southern people in our tour group to be like, can we move on? (laughs) We were like, oh, no, (laughs) like we are in the wrong group. So glad you're here. Yay. (laughs) Great. Anyway, so she finds out that he wants to dance with her and make out with tongue. And before saying yes, she looks back at him. She does. Yeah. She's like, please ask me now. This is your last chance. And he doesn't. He beefs it. Yeah. It's a rookie mistake, man. It It takes a while for that kind of confidence for a guy to come in there. Yeah. I have been in this exact same situation with a girl named Laura who lived in Florida. And there was like four other guys there and they were in the middle of a movie theater. There were. We were in middle school. There were guys all over the place. (laughs) But I was like at this age and so was she obviously. But like I just remember having like the biggest crush on her and like never being able to like really admit it to her or myself. You got to write the note that says yes, no, maybe or whatever. This is like early days of like instant messenger. So like we chatted a lot through that, but like had a crush on you, girl. It wouldn't have worked. Anyway, (laughs) he he doesn't say anything. So uh, she goes and dances with the other guy and they do end up making out. And he immediately leaves and has his uncle pick him up in the stabbing wagon. Which I thought was hilarious. Can I just ask this before we move out of the dance scene? Uh Is it weird that like her first kiss with Peter Vandersnoot or whatever the fuck his name was happens 10 seconds into her first dance with Peter Vandersnoot? Like that seemed really fast. Well, it's thoughts like that, Todd, that that's why you never got the girl. (laughs) I guess it is. Like... I don't know, like that. That would make me uncomfortable. You I gotta mean, like, look a girl in the eyes and be like, "I want to kiss you." Let's go. Oh, I mean, I've actually done that. So, like, Natalie, my first kiss, I, I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna kiss you if that's all right," and she said yes. Yeah, so I kissed her. My go-to move 
on a date if it's going well and I'm half drunk, mostly drunk. I want to hear your go-to move. <laughs> I want to hear it. They're t- I ask them a deep question. They're talking. And I'll just be like, I really want to kiss you. I would be mad that you hadn't listened to my answer. <laughs> I do now love that we have this on record page. Uh-huh. I just can't wait until like we're at a meetup and like someone's like, hey, Mikey, why don't you ask me a deep question about my past? I'm not going to do that. So my uncle was Batman. (laughs) I was raised in the mansion with the cave down there. Don't ask about it. No, you can't go down there. It's like a whole thing. I'm listening. I'm still listening. You have to be a good listener for people to like you, mostly, in my experience. See, but if you interrupt me answering to say, I really want to kiss you, I'm like, you haven't been listening at all. (laughs) (laughs) I do love that that's how your brain works, Paige. No, I would be like, we can go back to this, but I need to tell you something right now. And then I just go, honk, honk, honk. Are you a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he gets in the stabbing wagon with Batman and Batman is like, what's wrong? And he's like, I'm sad because I didn't ask this girl. and She wouldn't kiss this other guy. And I don't know. And so Batman takes an underage child to a bar after accusing him of, quote unquote, sissy talk. Yes. The, the, my favorite part is where he's like, where's the seatbelts? He's like, no sissy talk. No sissy talk. <laughs> seatbelts are for sissies. Ah, the greatest generation. <laughs> Batman was pretty great. <laughs> they fought in WW2 and then gave zero fucks the rest of their life. Imagine if I I was going to say, imagine if Batman fought in World War II. I was like, Paige, that's just Captain America. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, we've seen that movie. So he orders them two jacks up. So literally just Jack Daniels, like straight Jack Daniels. Yeah. And hands it to a child who then coughs it up onto the bar, which is great. Which I I would assume is what I would do if I drank what Mikey drinks on a regular, regular night out. Like it's an acquired taste. It's an old fashioned. I like traditions. (laughs) <laughs> I think the South, in, in my experience, whenever I go to the South, they make their old fashions too sweet. Depends on the bar. Okay. I only order that if I know they make a good old fashioned. I'll order one yeah. and then I'll be like, this is terrible. Anyway, so while they're in the bar, he teaches him like a bunch of different ways to essentially nag women. But one of the worst things he says is essentially, if you're an ugly woman, you should die. That is what he There's says. There's no hope for you. Yeah. But if you have a dick, like, even if you're, like, the grossest, ugliest, smelliest dude, you got a chance. Like, it it very much is, like, if Tucker Max took an eighth grader to a bar. (laughs) Like, that's what the scene is like. It's like like if Mystery, the pickup artist, was also Batman and shepherding a young child through this movie. And, honestly, charming, because it's Michael Douglas. My favorite is when... He's like, how'd you even see her? And he's like, we'll cover reflective surfaces another time. I know. It's so funny. Like, he is really charming in this movie, but he is a dirtbag. Oh, yeah. Uh, but my favorite is like, okay, what do you think we should do? You know, if you wanted to talk to that girl, what would your step be? And he's like, well, I'd probably talk to her friend to make her jealous. And he hugs him and he's like, I never felt like you were my son until now, <laughs> which is so crazy. Oh, he's not his son. So funny. Like, no. And it just the whole dynamic felt weird. It is crazy, though. It's a crazy line. But I love it. It's so funny. Well, and he tries it out. And at first it looks like it doesn't work. But then who shows up? The girl that he was targeting all the same and because he sees that it works he was never the same so we flash forward two years to mickey's basement can we flash back to that scene though for just one question sure do you think michael douglas like told eighth grade matthew mcconaughey hey hey stay in this bar i'm gonna go rail this chick in the bathroom for the next 25 minutes and then we're gonna get in the stabbing wagon and go home 
I think 25 minutes is generous. Well, sad but true. I mean, he has been drinking, so that gives him a little bit of extra time. But Yeah, he's got that old-fashioned dick. Hey, whiskey dick is real, (laughs) unfortunately. And if you time it right, it works in your favor. That is true, but it's a gamble between how much whiskey versus how it's going to pay off later. There is a whiskey to dick ratio that you got to yes. nail. Yeah, I mean. That is 100% true. It's tough, too. Once you go over, it's like, oh, no, I'm too gone. Yeah, well, not even just that. After a while, <laughs> it just takes too long, and you're just like, I'm over this. I know. I'm like, can we just go to Waffle Houses now? Yeah, like, it's, it's not good. I'm not having a good time. I'd rather be at a Waffle House. I feel like we're going to start a fire if we continue, so maybe Waffle House yeah. instead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we cut to this basement where he shows up, and he immediately, like, he spots Jenny, but he doesn't give her the time of day. He just immediately targets Allison Weeble Schnabel or whatever her name is and they go and have sex in a closet and she's his first. Yes. I love that reveal. I also love what the kids are saying as he's walking down the steps because they're like I hear his uncle homeschooled him in Vegas for two years. Oh god that sounds terrible. He looks like Duran Duran both of them. Both of them. (laughs) And then he like gets there and he goes I got the new poison and then he just like flips the cassette to somebody and then goes and meets with Ander uh, Allison (laughs) Anders yeah I mean, Emma Stone's character, whoever, whatever her name is. Yeah. But I I honestly think they didn't have sex. I think she gave him a head. Probably. Because she is like touching up her lips as she's coming out. Yeah, she is. Which I I bet was a studio note because they're like in like freshman or like eighth grade or like. Uh, So they were in like eighth grade. So two years later, they're probably sophomores. Okay. So they're like still in high school. I I wonder if the studio was like, for a PG rating, we're going to have, or PG 13 rating, we're going to have to make it where it was just oral and not full-on penetration yeah we and we don't know yeah we have no idea obviously they're not going to show us that yeah yeah anyway she's like you never talk to her again until you saw her again and he runs into her in a restaurant where he has disgusting long hair it looks gross he's not pulling it It off it does look gross it's like shoulder length hair it's pretty bad all he needed was a goatee to look as terrible as i did at this time and he's got like a weird glitter shirt like he's some sort of magician that is also a cult leader like it's the worst possible look what time period was this supposed to be the long hair time period i think it's mid 90s oh is it so it's like 95 maybe okay yeah because this is where like they actually date for it doesn't really say but she really doesn't want to be a one night stand right yeah so she refuses to sleep with him for a long time well and even like go on the date because when he's trying to like get her number now and stuff like Mm -hmm. she's like i don't want to be a one night stand like we can go to dinner but we can't have sex after dinner and he was like well then we can't do it and she's like all right cool and so she starts to leave the bar and he's like okay 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 dinner 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 that's fine uh and then they, they legit date for a little while here yeah we get like a montage and what i do like are some of the like scenes in the montage that we get of her basically being like i'm not i'm not the one basically like you're not gonna just make this a one night thing yeah i'm not the one like the <laughs> even the girls from one of his shoots show up to the table and she just hands them the plates and is like thank you so much take these back to the kitchen <laughs> so that was hilarious. that's such a great way to respond to somebody trying to like horn in on your i really thought it was great she was like can you bring us a dessert menu it was really great yes thank you anyway they eventually get to the point where she's gonna let him inside they hook up and he goes to leave after and she's like no like that's not what this is yeah that's not what you signed up for that's not the kind of girl i am you're staying and cuddling 
I do like that she says, it's where you want to be anyway. And she gives him like yeah. three seconds to get back in bed. And she's like, one, two. And then he jumps in bed and says three. And then they start snuggling. Okay, okay. In his defense. Oh, God. Buckle up your Mikey's about to have a shitty take belt page. Depending on the temperature of the house. Oh. <laughs> I know where this is going, and I love it already. Wait. I don't think she's a lizard girl like that one girl might be. I just can't. I can't stay. I'm like, look, I can't sleep in this terrarium. I've got to go home. <laughs> what was the temperature? 77 degrees. That's way too I hot. I was sweating. I lost weight that night. <laughs> oh, I bet you did, Mikey. No, this was that girl who like showed me a picture of herself and was like, this is what you could have got if you had agreed with me when I fought with my roommate. I thought I told you guys about this. Wait, what? what is what is being said there? If you would have agreed happening? with me with my roommate. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> this is a... Fourth or fifth date. Okay. We have not consummated. She invited me over to build furniture and drink. Okay. And you know what? You know what that? That's like a that's a slam dunk kind of. <laughs> you date, build you know it, you get to use it. Right? Yeah, 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 for well, sure. Well, it's like it was okay. like storage. So <laughs> she was like built this giant storage while we built it. It took forever. It was I mean I was kind of drunk, and then uh, <laughs> her like it's like a big storage cubby wall, like sixty cubbies, and like apparently she caught her roommate. Sleeping with the dude in the living room, like a stranger. Like while you were there? No. Oh. But she was like, I want to close off the living room, so I'm going to build this cubby wall. I didn't know about all this. Okay. So the roommate comes home, and she's like, put the cubby wall right there. And the roommate's like, that kind of closes off the room. And then they were like, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, I'm kind of a fan of open floor, floor plans or whatever. Oh, Mikey, your problem there was having an opinion. Yep. I mean, I was drunk, and she was like, she stopped talking to me. She like got super pissed. I couldn't drive because I was intoxicated. So then she takes a selfie of her in a mirror of a bikini. And she was like, this is what you were going to get tonight that you're not going to get. And so I had to end up staying in her bed while she's mad at me in 78 degree weather. You mean 78 degree ambient temperature in the home. <laughs> oh, my God. And by bed, do you mean rock inside of her glass terrarium? Oh, it was the worst. I am very upset that you had a chance to date one of the elite lizard race and you didn't. <laughs> you could have been controlling the government by now. Yeah, you could have met Q. Who shows you a scantily clad picture of them and says, you could have had this tonight. Oh no, that's the level of petty that I respect. Like if I oh had gotten God. that text from somebody, I'd have been like, you know what? That's fair. It wasn't a text. She pulled it up on her phone and showed me in person. Oh, she said that to you? That's weird. While I was at the house <laughs> after she got mad oh, at me. Oh my I God. would go home at that point. I'm blaming this on you for staying over. Yeah, Mikey, you Uber home. Yeah. 100% of the time. I should have Ubered home. I didn't even think. I was just like, I got to go to sleep. Anyway, it is kind of a cool shot to show that time has passed to the next morning, but she wakes up and he's gone. And she's like devastated. And they make him watch it this time, which I sort of like. He was like, I didn't see this part last time. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. no, you didn't, asshole. Well, and I felt like... It's I, I feel like this isn't one of those cases where he was like, I didn't realize it meant that much to her. I think she was pretty fucking clear that it meant a lot to her. Absolutely. She was. Yep. And he then never calls her or anything again. And yeah. so this is where they go through the bar of all of the women in between. It's <laughs> like we had plane sex over these three cities. It's like you slept with my sister. You slept with my sister. There's coat room sex, there's racism, there's a little bit of transphobia as well. And he slept with 
hundreds of people. Yes. Well, and here's the thing. In my point of view, the number is not important, but the fact that he does not care about any of these people's feelings, that's the problem. That is the problem, Paige. But I want you to realize that whenever Mikey walks into a room, he immediately thinks about how he will defeat everyone in that room. So the number at that point matters to Mikey because he's like, how do I defeat these five women? Just because I'm a villain like Mr. Doom. It's Dr. Doom. Are you saying Dr. Doom is not a physician, Mikey? No, Dr. Doom is a scientist. But he's not a physician, Paige. I will still call Dr. Doom a doctor. He does experiments on their bodies once he, like, or his body once he finds out that he's been changed, but we can't. I honestly think it's an honorary degree and I'm fine with it. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes through this whole list of people and a lot of them are upset where they're just like, I fell in love with you or I thought I we had a connection and then you just left. You weren't upfront with me about what this was going to be. Yeah. And one of them is like, you called me Jenny every time we hooked up. I was like, ooh. Yeah. And what made me sad about that is it was clear it was more than once. Like if someone calls me the wrong name in bed, it probably will be the last time we have sex. Depends on the name. And depends on how good it is. I'll be honest with you. Or if it's part of it for you. Like, there are conversations that can be had. You know, whatever. What's a name that you would want to be called that isn't your name? And don't say Jesus. That story is creepy. I didn't like that, Paige. For the record. Giganto? (laughs) I was thinking of, like, another basic white dude name. Like Brad or something. Mikey (laughs) went to, like... Superheroes also that don't exist But do sound like they have a massive dong And that is what Mikey went with Mr. Manhattan (laughs) Mr. Manhattan Not Dr. Manhattan Subcontractor Manhattan Uh, You can call me Dr. Dick I have a PhD I've got a prescription for 10 cc's of dick Oh my god I don't know how many centimeters it is I don't know the metric system. I've read like, because I I finally actually had some time off after Thanksgiving and I just did fuck all and read romance novels, basically. Love it. And one of them had a 10 cc's of dick joke. I don't remember which of the three or whatever that I read, but a character in in the book was like, isn't that not a lot of dick? And they were like, well, whatever, more. (laughs) But like, yeah, hot beef injection. (laughs) Anyway, Anyway. (laughs) he wakes up in bed and he's like, oh, it's a nightmare. So he comes downstairs. And at first I thought everyone else was playing Risk, but it's just the Sarge's seating chart. Yeah. Which is hysterical to me. I love that he's just showing the girls because he's proud of it. And and one of them's like, you've got a grenade launcher. I love grenade launchers because it's like little army men. Yeah. It's like those little green army men. It's like little blue and green army men. It's, it's so great. funny. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that I'm like, I want more bonkers shit like this. In this yeah. Movie. Anyway, he's looking for alcohol. He finds champagne in the kitchen. He goes to pop the cork. It knocks one of the columns off the wedding cake. He's balancing it. He's trying to reach the champagne to hold it up to grab the column. It's like a whole comedy of things that goes on way too long. I I do love like when he slides over there and grabs the cake like that cake was about to fall like in real life like that is a good shot and he did a great job to like stop it right before it was toppling man I can't like as someone who shot stuff like that that's not this high risk but it would take like 30 minutes to reset the room before you could shoot again like if he didn't nail that 
that would have taken three hours to clean up and reset. No, there's no way it's in, in those shots initially. There's no way it's real cake. OK, that's definitely fake cake on a wire that they are holding. Yeah, I was going to say, because that's so risky. Like, yeah, no, there's no way it's real cake until the very last bit. Yeah, it's like Mikey's cakes full of scotch. Right. That he's going <laughs> to drink the rest of the night. Uh, rum cake, my friends. <laughs> I have a fun anecdote about rum cake later on. I can actually do it now because it's about I cake, was going right? to say. It was like, yeah. yeah. So because the cake falls, right? And everyone runs into the room because it makes a noise, right? And then and Gretchen Wieners loses is like, no! Mind. like Padme, no! <laughs> no! I was about to say she screams like she's holding a loved one who was just passed. Like it's yes. that level of mourning. And she's like going insane. And Matthew McConaughey was like, listen, it didn't even taste that good. And she loses her mind again about it. I did think because the dad is from the Korean War and he even talks about MASH, Alan Alda, who was the star of MASH, he was Hawkeye in MASH, he met his wife when a whole rum cake fell on the ground at a party and the two of them grabbed forks and were eating it off the floor together. I mean... That is how he met his wife of like 50 years. Find, find the freak that works with your freak, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, I love this story. <laughs> anyway, so the cake is ruined, and they take the bride, Gretchen Wieners, away to get some shiatsu massage to level out. Because Brad's a good dude. Brad's just there to help out, man, and I love Brad. I feel like she should end up with Brad, I'm Same. just saying. And she literally is just like, you're being the fucking worst. You ruined the cake, like this whole thing. Like, And he tries <laughs> to actually apologize to her, and she's just like, whatever. I was attracted to assholes, and I don't do that anymore. Yeah. And he tries to like kiss her, and she's like, no. No, he does kiss her. It's terrible. The brief. Yeah, well, I mean, but she has to push him off of her. Yeah, well, and she's like, I'll wake up and you'll be gone. Because you did it once before, so... It is sort of clear that she does still have feelings for him. Like there is some like, yeah, I she does want to be kissing him, but in a different context where he's not the fucking worst person she's ever met, you know? Right. And he tries to tell her that there's ghosts in his bedroom and like he runs upstairs to like try and figure it out thinks that there's somebody under the covers. It is the other bridesmaid, the yeah. redhead, who's just <laughs> like, what does a girl have to do to get laid at this wedding? And he like leaves. He like runs away. Calls yeah. the Four Seasons because he's like, I'm not staying here. Uh, and his car won't start. And his assistant is in the next seat. Yeah. And he did call her and leave a message for her to come up there because he right. needs some assistance or whatever. But like, it was a, a voicemail, so he didn't get a hold of her. Right. So he assumes that she got there and is just in his car for whatever reason, but she's a ghost. She's a ghost, and she's <laughs> like, I can't believe, like, you're ridiculous, and, like, it, it's kind of implied that, like, he does not see her as a sexual being at all. And he's like, oh, I thought you were totally gay, and she was like, just that one time in college. like. But she went to, like, Vassar or Brown, or I can't remember where she went, she was like, so I had to. I it's was like, one oh. of the seven sisters, for sure, <laughs> yeah. She's like, I had to. Yeah, so I don't think, so I had to is like, right? Like, I don't think you had to, but it's fine. No, but you whatever. You justify it to yourself. People do however. weird shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. People do whatever. But also, I do think it's weird that they try and play it as a negative thing that he never hit on his assistant at work. It is weird. Right? It just feels like everyone in this movie is like, why am I not fucking Matthew McConaughey's character? And like, that is the world we live in. But that pretty much was the 90s. <laughs> Again, this is 2009, Mikey. <laughs> well, there's still an audience. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what I would say is I think this character would work better played 
by a fat woman. Hear me out. Wait, Matthew McConaughey? No, oh. his assistant. Oh, okay. Because she is literally invisible to him. Yeah. And like the the woman who plays her is beautiful, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think it gets across what it's trying to imply that he does not even personalize her enough to hit on her which i know is fucked up and toxic i know th even that's not great yeah no it's not great but it's, it's this idea that he cares so little about the women around him at all he didn't even take into consideration that she had thoughts and feelings of her own page it literally is that if you're not an attractive woman in his eyes you have no value you don't exist to him which yeah. to me is like Put a fat woman in that role, like someone who you really see, like, yeah, she's invisible to him. Like, it, you know, like, be blatant about it. Yeah. You know, like, uh, but, you know, it's one of those, it's a movie from this time period, which means you can't have any fat people ever at all. Right. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. I also think that, like, that would make more sense to me also when, with what we see of her later, where she feels bad for the women that he has treated badly and actually reaches out to try and be kind to them. Yeah. I mean, it, it works as is, but like, I think that would have added an extra layer to it of like, Hey, I get it. He's terrible. He doesn't even realize I exist basically. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway. So she basically takes him back because she's Christmas present or whatever girlfriend's present. Yeah. And she's like, look how much fun everyone's having without you here. And we get to see Breck and Meyer be like, Hey, he raised me as a kid because our parents died when we were very, very young. And he's like, I got to be a good, nice kid. He didn't get a chance to because he was a parentified child, essentially. He was raised by a, you know, greatest generation sex pest. Like, yes, their Uncle Wayne's not a good dude. Like, right. And so he has this whole thing of like, I'll believe he can change. Yes. Anyway, as they're all talking about this, the bridesmaids are like, you know, oh, and clearly Jenny's still hung up on him. She doesn't even appreciate the beefcake that we flew out here for her to try and distract her. And she walks in as they're talking about it. Yeah. So she goes in to try and fix the cake. But like she knew that too, though. She did. And th that was clear from before. Yeah. Yeah. They play it like it's like a big betrayal. But like one, the brother's speech is super touching. But two, it was like, oh, no, we said the thing that we just said to her face earlier. They didn't say it in that <laughs> way. I understand why she's upset. It is very crass the way they say it. You're right. Yes. The implication was not just, hey, you're single. We don't want you to be single. It's specifically we're trying to keep you away from this, you know, dude that you have no self-control around or whatever. He's completely toxic. So, yes, they are in the right. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not saying they're wrong for doing it, but the way that they said it was not kind. Yeah. And and was clearly not meant for her to hear. And so the the realization that people are talking about you that way behind your back could be very hurtful. Yeah. So I understood why she was upset. <laughs> I got it. I was like, yeah, that sucks. Well, that's fair. I mean, she is upset, so she runs off. Yeah. She may have been more mad at herself for still being hung up on Matthew McConaughey. I think it's frustration and anger that it's true, but not only that it's true, but that it's obvious to everyone else. That's what I think a lot of the upset is coming from. That makes sense. Anyway, so she goes to try and just be alone in the kitchen, try to fix the cake. And Brad, the best, comes in and is like, hey, I'm not even phase that you're still into that other guy i just got invited here we just met today but like let's fucking talk about it right yeah. like what's up this is a weird situation let's talk it out yeah i was just like 
Yeah. Brad. He's a good communicator. Look at the big brain on Brad. Right? He's perfect. But at this point, Matthew McConaughey's ghost is watching it and he's just like, am I bringing them together? Yeah. And his assistant <laughs> slaps him across the face. Yeah. And this is where we cut to her apartment where all of the girls from the conference call are there and she's making the martini. Okay, so I thought very briefly, even though we just established that she wasn't gay. That she was hitting on them. Yeah, I thought so too. That would have been so funny. Like that she was swimming in Matthew McConaughey's wake. Yes. Honestly, I would have been here for that. Same. To the point where I would wonder if a previous version of the script did that. Yeah. Because the only thing that negates it is that one line and then the fact that she shows up and ends up with Brad after. But aside from that, if you took those two things out, then yes, that's exactly what's happening. And I kind of love it. Yeah, love it. Because that would also fit into the narrative of like anyone he does not view as a sexual object is invisible to him. So, you know, because she is not straight, she's invisible. Same idea. And so like that fits for me a lot. Um, I kind of would have preferred that. But anyway. Yeah. So his uncle Wayne shows up and he's like, why do they all hate me? And he's like, Because they like to be screwed and not screwed over. Like you are actively hurting these people for your own gain. You're not you're not concerned with their feelings or anything at all. Yeah. And he does this whole like, here's the rain. This is all the tears that you've caused people. Here are all the tissues they used to dry those tears. Here are all the chocolates you sent. And he's like, oh, that's right. You didn't send any chocolates. And here's all the condoms you used. But who sends chocolates? I mean, it's a thing. Chocolates or flowers. I do love this like scene because it's like, here are the tears, bunch of rain, right? Here are the tissues. And it's like snowing on the street, mm-hmm. like tissue paper. And then he's like, here are all the used condoms. And he like runs oh. to his car and gets yeah. in. And it was so funny. Oh, There's nothing dis- more disgusting. I don't know. I, I'm sure that in a version of this, we saw a visual of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because the sound effects were very detailed. Yes. I feel like in my bones, it was cut by the studio. Yeah. I do want that R-rated cut, like that Kevin Smith script of this, whatever it was. Yes. Yeah, I want that. So he wakes up back in his car outside and he comes inside and Sandra is calling the wedding off. Yeah. Because she found out that Paul slept with one of her bridesmaids. And there's a debate about the timeline. But the only reason people know is because... Matthew McConaughey told somebody. Yeah. Which this one, because we don't have a clear timeline, I don't know where I stand on this one necessarily. Yeah, we absolutely don't get a timeline. So you have really no idea who is like in the right or whatever. Like, were they on a break? Who knows, right? Well, we know that it was years ago. Yes. And in this conversation, it sounds like they weren't exclusive yet, but yes. like they were dating. Yeah, kind of. they mm-hmm. they had met and they were dating, but they weren't exclusive. Yeah. I think especially because he says like it was years ago for me. I'm like, yeah, I can't be bothered to care about the, something that long ago. <laughs> like that sounds terrible, but I'm like, I would have to process that. But if it was before we were exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. But also my friend. Well, and I do love that he points out, he's like, you're not even mad at your friend about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like she's not. There's a ton of people who they have the opposite where they don't get mad at the significant other. They get mad at who they cheated with. I think that's also bonkers. Mm, 
I think if she was friends with her friend at the time and her friend knew that they were seeing each other, that's kind of on the friend a little bit too. I think so too, yeah. It's on both of them. But it could be like a situation where like they met like at different places. They didn't know they knew each other and they just like... It was like knows? right around the same time. They, yeah. they were still seeing a bunch of people. That's kind of the impression I got. I don't know if I would have... Like, if I was in her friend's shoes, I don't know if I would have told at all. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know how Matthew McConaughey got the information. From his brother. From his brother. Okay. And that's his brother's fault. Yeah. But, like, also, you should have told her when you guys got serious. That's his brother's fault right there. Yeah. Yeah. I know they like to blame Matthew McConaughey, but they really should have had that talk probably years ago as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because it sounds like it was, like, a drunken thing. The way they talk about it was like, oh, it was, like, a drunken thing when we were, you know. I don't know. I mean, like, for me... The dividing line was like, well, are we exclusive or not? No, then, you know, whatever. Yeah, and I don't think we have enough information to, like, really make a call on it either way. Yeah. Anyway, Matthew McConaughey tries to smooth things over and only makes it worse by basically implying that all of the bridesmaids have slept with so many people, it'd be impossible to find someone to marry who had not slept with one of her bridesmaids. Matthew McConaughey is an asshole the entire movie, pretty much. Yeah, and so they tell him to leave. They're like, nobody wants you here. And so... Yeah, even Breckenmeyer, like, tells him to leave. He's like, get the fuck out, man. Yeah, well, and he says, like, I thought you were redeemable, but there's nothing redeemable about you. Yeah, that's so harsh. It's it is. so harsh, but honestly, given his behavior... Yeah, so... Harsh and accurate. Yeah, Uh. so he goes outside and sees one more ghost... And he's like, oh, is this the ghost of future girlfriends? Are you my future girlfriend? Would you like to be? And she takes him to a white chapel where we're at Jenny's wedding to Brad, which honestly, I was like, go for her. I know. I was so happy for her. I was like, this is amazing. I did recognize the chapel. That's why I raised my hand, Paige, because that is the same chapel from another Jennifer Garner movie mm-hmm. we've done on this podcast, The Invention of Lying. It's the same chapel. Yes. It's oh. been in other things, too. I'm but sure. Specifically, yeah. it was in Invention of Lying. Yeah. And- At the wedding, he sees that his brother is in the back row with no wedding ring and watches as his brother then walks through the woods and kind of gets old. So it's like the passage of time to his own funeral where nobody showed up because everyone was like, he was kind of an asshole. I mean, yeah, he he was. He's like looking into my future. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I'll be there depending (laughs) on the snacks. You better put in your will to have good snacks. It does seem like. He's bummed that not more people show up at his funeral, but I don't want anyone to show up at my funeral because that means I outlived all of you motherfuckers. (laughs) And I won, therefore. McConaughey survives. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, Paige. Bringing it back around. Yes. Uh, So (laughs) Uncle Wayne shows up and is like, I know I've been Batman this entire time. He was sitting on his tombstone, too. Mm-hmm. But I'm also bad, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was Batman, but I'm also yep. a bad man. Mm-hmm. And so he pushes him into the grave. He wakes up the next day and does the Christmas Carol thing of like, you boy, what day is it? Is it Christmas Day? And he's like, it's Saturday, you moron. <laughs> I do love that, like, that kid is like the director's kid who just happened to be on set that day. Like, there's no <laughs> explanation for who that kid is. Like, it's just there. I, I love it. I think it's just to have that oh, reference yes. to Christmas Carol. I think so, too. It's so worth it. Yeah, I love it. Um, so he's like, I haven't missed it. Let's get in. And he, like, gets ready. And he goes downstairs. He's like, did I miss the wedding? And his brother's like, no, she called it off. And he's like, because of the cake. And he's like, no, what do you think? Because of the. <laughs> because of you, you asshole. Yes. Yeah. So he gets in the stabbing wagon, drives it through the woods, yeah. 
No seat belts. No, none of that sissy talk, Paige. Nope. Yeah, you don't need seat belts. I mean, you do. You should. Everybody wear your Everyone seat belt. Everyone wear Everyone your seat belt. Yeah, be that sissy. Uh, and he drives it basically into a lake to basically cut them <laughs> off. I do love that he has to jump out of the stabbing wagon. And and then punch Sarge. Oh, yeah. Who goes down with Gets one punch. knocked out like a leaf. Oh, I've always wanted to punch an elderly person. <laughs> <laughs> what is your life? Vikey. I'll never do it. I just because I admit these thoughts exist doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. I don't act on them. I don't know that that is what delineates it, Mikey. I think you might be a bad person if you want to hit an elderly person in the face. It depends on the elderly person. Yeah. I mean, if they're being like a right cunt about stuff, yeah, you punch them in the <laughs> dome. I mean, I get it. No, because you would easily, you could probably kill them. You don't want to kill an elderly person. But if you had no consequences and they had like Wolverine powers, like wouldn't it be fun? This hypothetical took a left turn and I'm here for it. Yes, Mikey, yeah, I would punch that Wolverine <laughs> elderly person. So you're saying if Logan from the movie Logan. Logan. No, 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 no. He's too in shape in Logan, first off. If you waited 40 years after Logan. Yeah, like geriatric Walker Logan. Yeah, I don't need him one to have claws and two he should not be able he to sprint through the woods. He can't get rid of the claws. The adamantium is flu fused with his skeleton. That's not his power set. That was added later. I know, but that adamantium is strong and doesn't decay. So it's like he's it's with him for life, even though that wasn't his original power. Yes, Wolverine powers, but no adamantium because you don't want to hurt your hand. This is an awful specific set of conditions. I'm still punching that dude in the face, though. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. so he apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry for stealing your cake, getting to second base with your mom and knocking your dad out and also breaking up your wedding. Yeah. But have you considered getting married anyway? <laughs> I do love how he like sort of explains that the love that she has for Breckenmeyer and he has for her is the real thing. And he says that like, take it from someone who's had that and walked away because they were so scared that they were going to lose that person because they were going to reject them or they were going to die or they were whatever. And like, you don't want to run away because then you end up like me sad and lonely and sort of like a joke. Mm. And Jennifer Garner's in the car overhearing this, obviously. Right. But this is where they're all like, oh, he had a heart of gold the whole time. And no, he didn't. No. Nope. He was always an asshole. Like, yep. and everyone just like magically forgives him after this almost vehicular manslaughter. Yeah, after ruining the wedding. Yes. He is less likable than the actual Scrooge. Agreed. Because how could you not like Michael Caine, you know? Well, I mean, all he is is like a miser, right? He doesn't like, well, he doesn't pay for Tiny Tim's health care. Tiny Tim should pull himself up by his tiny, tiny bootstraps. Tiny Tim has the freedom to die <laughs> from whatever mid 1800 centuries ailment he was suffering from. Yeah, yeah, Kermit yeah. Kermit the Frog had the freedom to watch his son die. Of Cratchit Foot or whatever. <laughs> if they would have focused on him saving the wedding and then they flash forward a year after he's like changed yes after he's displayed like a long period of being not an asshole like what if they all got back together for next christmas yeah and he's done like a lot of self-worth that would be the new version i don't honestly think this is a christmas movie like i know it's taking place in winter but they don't even say the word Christmas. Uh, he asked the young man if it is That's Christmas. That's the only time. That's all you need. I mean, Paige, this isn't really a Christmas movie. It is, but it is based on a Christmas carol, right? Yeah. So, of course, it's set during the winter, but it's a wedding instead of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a Christmas wedding. It's just a winter wedding. 
It could be January. You don't First know. off, a Christmas wedding, I'm sure, is a lifetime movie we're going to do at some point on this podcast. I don't know if it exists, I but it's going to one. at some point. Oh, okay. So we cut to the toast, and we come in halfway through Sarge's toast, which is unhinged. It is graphic wartime violence he's discussing. I loved it so much. I Do you know how... Hard, I would have to stifle my laughter if I was at this wedding. Paige, I love it so much because he's like, I, I opened his shirt and his guts spilled into my ham and they were warm and squishy. And then and I, I pushed, pushed him back, back into inside. his body cavity and I willed him to live with my tears. That's what love is. Hoo-ah! And I was just like, what the fuck? And I didn't notice it, but I had the subtitles on and his ex-wife says, I've heard this story a thousand times. Yes, she did. I lost my mind. I thought that was such a funny addition that she was like, fucking heard this a million times already. God. It reminded me of the the crazy preacher that Mikey saw at that funeral. Oh, God. (laughs) I can't relive trauma today. (laughs) I'm just now in a better mood again. Anyway, Matthew McConaughey gives a best man toast that is actually very sweet. Yes. And they proceed to all dance drink eggnog because that's the only other Christmas reference in this movie. And he goes outside where Jenny is sitting on the swings. Yeah. And he's like, we pulled off a good wedding. I'm sorry I had to ruin it so that we had to fix it or whatever. And she's like, what's going on with you? Because you seem like a whole different person today. And they kiss and he hears the Ario Speedwagon song yeah. that she left him to go dance with the other guy. And they finally get to dance and we cut to Uncle Bruce Wayne yes. trying to hit on all of the ghosts. Yeah, ghost Uncle Bruce Wayne hitting on all the ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, we see the assistant and Brad. I'm, I'm happy about that. And then he gets to Emma Stone and he's like, I love those scrunchies. And she's like, ew, I'm like 16. <laughs> she's so great. And then he goes, we're ghosts, baby. We're ageless. I was like, oh, I don't like this. I get that he's supposed to be a bad guy, but like, that's gross. But the bridesmaids then descend upon the desperate work friends, which I f- we forgot to talk about it, but they all have like blackberries connected to their hips. Yes. And at one point they like realize the bridesmaids are <laughs> looking fine. at them and they go holster and they all put yes. their blackberries in. So um, funny. Anyway, so they descend on, on the work guys. Uh, Sarge and his ex dance. We learn that his name is Mervis and he threatens to basically he's like, if you repeat that name to anyone, you're a dead man. We cut to credits. Yes. Where we cut in a couple different scenes and one of them is the bouquet toss and as it flies through the air, an arrow shoots through it <laughs> and all the bridesmaids are like, Keiko, because it's the archer from earlier in the movie that none of them knew. None of them no. were in that scene. Why would they know her? She just goes, victory is mine. And, and then, then one of the groomsmen goes, yes. Yes. And I want their love story. Like, I need a ghost to girlfriend's so past two that is just the sixth place person from Japan and archery <laughs> that year. And that dude who has a Blackberry holstered in. And, and that's, that's, the that's the movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Ghost of Girlfriend's Past? I would prefer Christmas Wedding Crashers. Let's make it, because I'm here for that. Yeah, <laughs> I, all, all Christmas movies I'm here for. Let's make more. I like this movie. I, I would probably watch this again if someone wanted to watch it. I cried at the end. Like, I really got the emotional feels, especially the brother stuff really got to me. Like, it's so sweet and so touching. And Brecken Meyer and Matthew McConaughey are both, I think, pretty good in this movie, like, acting-wise. So you're like, you feel it along with them. I liked it. 
But, I mean, it's also ridiculous. Like, Matthew McConaughey is an asshole front to back. Like, he's terrible. Yep. You know what? I, I don't think we've done Are They Still Together in a few episodes. Oh. I think we forgot. <laughs> God, I hope not. So we need to reincorporate that. And I'm going to go ahead and say... No, they're absolutely no. not still together. No. I think they are. He apologized. Oh, that's <laughs> right. So, of course, he should be forgiven. I'm going to say no. Uh, and I'm going to say that Brad and the assistant get along that night and have a fun little, like, meet cute or whatever. But eventually, he ends up back with Jenny after yeah. Matthew McConaughey cheats on her. And they do get married and their wedding looked lovely. I think, I think, I think he had a profound change due to his ghost trauma. So I'm hoping he stayed a good person after that one day. I, th I think we're all hoping that. I just don't think it's likely. Yeah, same. That's like really intense therapy weekend. I mean, yeah, but that's also going to take some real intense therapy and like time yeah. to grow. Like it, you don't grow like that overnight. Like those sort of shifts take place over months and years. Well, yes. if the movies have taught me anything, it's like one moment can change everything. You're right. We're going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Now, if the one of the last scenes was Uncle Wayne being dragged to hell in like a very dramatic fashion. Like from Ghost? Uh -huh, yes. Like, like, ah! Okay. Like Shadow. And then he just says, see ya. <laughs> he turns back around. He's like. <laughs> It's amazing. The herpes, you take it with you. And then he like walks closer into the darkness. He turns around and he goes, see a Dutch. And then he like, oh. he like falls into hell. Oh my God. The pit to hell opens and Satan comes out and he's like, Dylan, Dutch, you, you son, son of, of a bitch. bitch. Hell yeah. Credits, no explanation. The fact that the ghosts weren't real ghosts. They were just like versions of people he knows that are still alive. That are still I, alive. Yeah. I would like, it would have only been dead people. I'm, I'm kind of, I had the same thought during the movie where I thought we were going to reveal what happened to that middle school girl. Yeah, I, know, I, thought, I thought we were going to find out like Emma Stone died like in high school in a car accident or something. Like shit. a horrible graduation night car accident or something like that. Yeah. But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Girlfriend, fun, fun facts. facts. Uh, so this is actually the second time, not only in films, but also on this podcast that Krista B. Allen has played the younger version of Jennifer Garner in a movie. The first was 13 going on 30, yeah. and then there was this. That makes sense. Now, as I mentioned, this movie was originally set up at Disney with Ben Affleck attached as the lead and Kevin Smith to direct. However... Harvey Weinstein, who produced all of Kevin Smith's films at Miramax, yeah. didn't want him going away to make movies for other studios. So he offered him money to direct a prequel to Fletch, but it never got off the ground. Man, I would have loved that. So Fletch 1 briefly went into production uh, with Ben Affleck as the lead, but it never got Damn. completed. I did watch Confess Fletch, which is the the new one with John Hamm, and it's pretty Was great. It good? I, I do it. love John Hamm. Yeah. Yeah. So production on this movie was supposed to begin in the fall of 2003. However, there were budgetary concerns and a movie came out that same year that caused the studio to rethink whether or not Ben Affleck would be enough of a draw. Gilly. That movie was Gili. Yeah. <laughs> now, ironically, when New Line Cinema picked up the film just a couple years later, because this actually goes into production like pre-production, like 2005. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, uh, and it takes a while for this movie to get made um, before finally being released in 2009. Uh, by then, Jennifer Garner was attached. 
while married to Ben Affleck, who had been removed from the project. So while Ben Affleck was attached to the movie, they hadn't quite cast Uncle Bruce Wayne yet. Uh, So they actually asked Warren Beatty, Robert De Niro, Bill Murray, and Jack Nicholson. Wow. And all of them turned it down. Okay. I mean, I would have liked all of them for different reasons. So, well, Bill Murray already done Scrooge, so that wouldn't work too well. Yeah. Or it would have worked great. I know, right? He could just reprise his character. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this movie we know underwent at least one rewrite between Ben Affleck and the final product. Yeah. Because there's a section of the movie that is actually altered to reference a film that came out in 2003. That film is Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines. Wait, what? What? Yes. That high school party is in Kripke's basement. John Connor makes out with Kate Brewster a few days before the T2 arrived in Kripke's basement. That's referenced in T2. And then it's referenced again in T3 when he and Kate Brewster end up together riding out the apocalypse in one of her father's safe houses. Okay. So that movie had just come out. Now, mind you, that's not a popular Terminator movie. Like, No, it's not. It's one of the ones that people pretend doesn't exist. Um, but for some reason, that reference stays in the movie all the way through to 2009 when this movie eventually comes out. That's wild. I miss that reference, though, but I haven't seen that Terminator, so... I I actually don't hate that Terminator. I'm one of the few, though. A lot of people hate that Terminator, and I get it. I get it. It's not good. I just have a soft spot for Terminator and crusty jeans. Yeah, I don't think you've ever met a Terminator you kick out of the sheets, right? Like, I think you, I think you fucks with them all, right? I don't know. The most recent one was fucking wild bad. Was that the one with Christian Bale? No, that's two movies ago. Shit, I'm out of the loop on Terminators, man. Because after that one is Genesis with Jai Courtney, which like... That movie is terrible, but I'm here for Jai Courtney, like always. But then Terminator 6, Salvation, the most recent one. No, not. Yeah, I think Salvation. Maybe. I don't know. That's the one where Linda uh, Linda Hamilton comes back. But the storyline is fucking bonkers and posits that Arnold as the Terminator has lived in a sexless marriage with a woman in Texas pretending to be human for like 30 years. Anyway, in the scene where he visits his secretary's apartment and sees all of the the girls kind of having martinis together when it starts raining outside and he's talking to uncle wayne uncle bruce wayne there's a books bookstore in the background right behind him and it's Fezziwig's books which is a reference to the original christmas, christmas carol store. yeah <laughs> mr Fezziwig was ebenezer scrooge's first boss and who is a cheery soul who loves christmas i am mr Fezziwig's. you are there you go yeah and this was released in Germany as Night of the Ex-Girlfriends, which I like because it kind of <laughs> sounds like Night of the Demons yeah. or like Night of the, Night of the Living Dead, yeah. Night of the Creeps. And this movie did thrill me. Mm-hmm. Always. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the budget for Ghost of Girlfriends Past was? Oh, God, probably big. I'm going to say this was probably about 30 mil. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? I have learned that I always add 10 million to what I think these are supposed to be. Okay. For uh, rom coms, because I think people just laundry money in these films. I think $45 million. Laundry money? <laughs> yeah, they're not laundering money. They are laundry money. 
They're literally just destroying money with water. They just, they just need quarters for yeah. these movies. Wow. Okay. Uh, either way, they laundered $37.5 million into this budget. I was pretty close. You were very close, Paige. But if you adjust for inflation, that's around $52 million today. Now, this movie came out on May 1st, 2009. Smack in the middle of not Christmas uh, And it was Number two in the box office The week it came out Surprise guest appearance on this pod today Wolverine was the number one movie Wolverine It was X-Men's oh, wait, that's Origin the bad one, Wolverine that's the bad one with It me. is the bad one It <laughs> premiered that weekend And it beat Ghost of Girlfriends Past It was number two that weekend Number three was Obsessed Number four was Seventeen again And number five was Monsters Versus aliens. What do you think Ghost of Girlfriends Past made in its opening weekend? Number two, 15 million. Okay. I'm going to go 8 million. Okay. Mikey, $15.4 million. Nailed it. Do me a favor. Guess what you think X Men Origins Wolverine made that same weekend? $80 million. Paige, do you want to guess? I'm going to say 60. Okay. It made $85 million. It literally made $70 million more than the number two movie, which was Ghost of Girlfriends Past, obviously. I remember the hype for that Wolverine movie was 10, and I went opening weekend, and we sat there, and I was like, this is terrible. I remember it being terrible, for sure. So it was in theaters for another 14 weeks, so 15 weeks total domestically. What do you think it made total domestic run at the box office in 2009? Like 40 mil. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? 74. Okay. It made $55.2 million domestically and $47.2 million internationally for a total of $101.5 million worldwide. And if you adjust that for inflation, that's about 142.3. It's almost $0.4 million if you adjust for inflation today. But against a budget of 37.5, it made money. It did fine. Oh, and it also made an additional almost $26 million in the home market. Ooh. So it made money. It wasn't a bomb. I just don't think it made what they were expecting it to make with, Ooh. you know, McConaughey's an established name at this point. Jennifer Gardner's yeah. an established name at this point. And I think they were looking for a big box office smash and it just wasn't. But it did make money. Okay. But that's your box office. Mm-hmm. So, Mikey, do you want to hit it with that romance scale? Yeah, romance scale. Scale of 1 to 10. How romantic we found the film when we watched it page one todd that's a one yeah it's not romantic i'm gonna give it a three okay not to be swayed i like it mikey be your own man because i don't think he was very romantic but i think jennifer gardner and her brother had very like nice monologues that helped with the emotion tugging you mean breck and meyer and yeah jennifer gardner yeah when they were talking about how much they both love matthew mcconaughey mm-hmm. okay it make it, it roots for you to like. Oh, maybe there is good in him, but then you don't, you know, you don't get it. But it was a good side setup. You know, it was good support system. Yeah, it there. was good. Like, hey, there's good in him, but no, there's never, and he's not good. All right, well, cool. That's your romance skill, I guess. There you go. So this week, I made you guys watch Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Paige, what are you making us watch next week? I'm actually really excited. I, I, I full disclosure, was not able to find. I mean, a lot of you sent me what you th- thought would be good, like truly good Christmas movies. And some of them I have seen and know. And secondly, I found one that 
might be good, but also could just be bonkers. Good. And I decided to go with my heart because this is something I'd wanted to pick for a while and didn't realize it was a Christmas movie. Oh, okay. And I also didn't realize the plot because I had never seen it. And so when I saw it on Christmas movie lists, I was like, wait, what? And read through the synopsis and was like, I'm sorry, what happens in this movie? Riddle me what? Uh, (laughs) But on top of a synopsis, that was both confusing and weird. It also has Whitney Houston singing Christmas songs throughout the movie. So we're going to be watching The Preacher's Wife. Oh, shit. Okay. I didn't know that was a Christmas movie either. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And Denzel Washington and Courtney B. Vance are in it. Well, your homework for next week is to get a little boozy on a glass of wine and enjoy The Preacher's Wife. Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. check back next week for that episode. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, no, I forgot about that one. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review. And we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? These are, we've got a lot of reviews. Okay, I'm going to read this one from Weezer Chick because it's a very specific question. Okay. Mm-hmm. Weezer Chick says, Paige, we need to talk. Oh, no. <laughs> Love this podcast. I'm currently listening to the ghost episode. Okay. So I have to ask Paige, what is Weezer's best album in your opinion? (laughs) Okay. If not Pinkerton, there's only one correct answer, LOL. But seriously, you didn't love Pinkerton? No, I do. I do love Pinkerton. No, it's that's it's a the reference. Only, yeah, we are making. We are talking about SNL. I, I'm it's, going it's to. It's a reference to that SNL sketch yeah. where yeah. they argue about it. I do love. Pinkerton. Weezer chick, you've got to go find the SNL sketch. It's. I I like most Weezer albums, but not the most recent. But seriously, you didn't love Pinkerton. Anyways, I came to this podcast from the horror version because I also don't like horror movies because of jump scares. Same girl. And torture porn. Anyways, I really love the podcast and I'm glad I gave RTP a chance. Five stars. Well, awesome. Well, Weezer Chick, thank you so much for that awesome five star review. And Weezer Chick, Google the SNL Weezer sketch. You will thank us. Or Weezer Chick has seen it and sarcasm does not translate via iTunes reviews. Very possibly could be. I will give her the benefit of the doubt and think that that was happening. That's probably for the best. Well, Weezer Chick, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. 
And you complete us. To completion. I want to touch your Christmas ham. <laughs> Let me touch your boobs. <laughs> Bye, old-fashioned nerds. <laughs> <laughs>